Who has the bigger fumble, Liddell or JD? Oh man, this is this is a uh, this is hard. Is it though? It's no, not really. It's hard. not. JD's still JD. The Lindo yeah. definitely. But Lindo's still Lindo. Don't do that. <laughs> no, Lindo's not. Lindo got the burgers going crazy. Got the burgers going crazy. I'm just laughing because. Like no, Warrior Mom. This is my confession. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says so she got one on the way. This is my confession. Man, I'm thrown and I don't know what to do. Welcome to a new episode of the new Rory and Maul podcast. I am Maul. I'm Rory. And today we are with you guys with, uh, we have, it's a family day, Rory. It is. So like, you know, we're in your home. We need to make it a little family day, man. Catch up with some of our family. Today we're joined by the legendary, uh, how do I, how do I introduce these Uh, guys? The actual guy that was in the Beverly Center. Yes. Hand in hand, not caring who saw him. Yes. The, the real one. Yes. The inspiration, <laughs> the motivation behind the story behind Usher's words. Uh, today we are joined with legendary singer, songwriter, and just a cool all around guy, man. Uh, we are joined by Brian Michael Cox. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. What's up, man? Oh, yeah. And Justice is here, too. Oh, yeah. And Justice is here. <laughs> Justice, Justice. How about that? Y'all know Justice. Yeah, our Justice, friend. Mr. Cool Pants. Uh, Justice. Uh, First of all, just before we get into this, um, congratulations, man, with Thank LVRN you. and everything y'all doing over there. Thank you know, you. Man, we support y'all. We love y'all. We love everything y'all doing. I appreciate doing. it. Congratulations to y'all. Um, like, that's why we're yeah. here. Well, well, thank yes, you. You know, Brian Michael Cox. Listen, you know, we, today, it just feels like the air, the, the air feels legendary today. Yeah. It's, it's a successful scent. I don't know if that's a potpourri, Rory, but it that's, smells like success in the air. <laughs> it smells like success. It smells like a lot of Grammys. Yeah. It smells like a lot of black excellence today, Rory. You know what I mean? I know you're black by well, you know, association. But today, uh <laughs> still Black History Month, isn't it? Yeah, it's still Black History it's Month. Black obviously. History. And we we're here with some history makers and um just a great part of <laughs> calling, yeah. even though Justice is a history maker, calling him a history maker. Brian is a history maker it's too, but that's work. solidified. I'm talking yeah. about just saying it's, it's a nasty justice. work for me. It's nasty. Work. <laughs> I can't call it you a history weird. maker. It's nasty work. Who would you like me to call you, Justice? Just a guy. Uh, just a guy. Yeah. All right. Fuck it. My guys here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Am so I yeah. your favorite, Rory? Because I know it started LVRN. Oh yeah. For sure. You talk to me more than you talk to the other Absolutely. Rory. Absolutely. I feel good. I feel better yeah. now. It's nasty work. <laughs> <laughs> so today, man, we sitting here kicking it with our guys. Um, first of all, uh, Brian, one thing I didn't know about you that I found out recently, um, you have you broke a, a, a record held by the Beatles. Yeah. Um, you got to walk, yeah, Brian, we're not going to do this cool, humble shit today, man. You know, when you break a record held by the Beatles, you're supposed to just be walking around like chest hairs out, you know what I mean? Like or, gold chains on. you just yeah. walking around chilling, you know. Or do what Drake did and tattoo the Beatles on you. Yeah, you, know, you ain't even do that. Yeah. Nah, it, it was crazy because when it happened, um, I was like maybe, it was, I was five years into my career at the time. Mm-hmm. So, it was like six years. Mm-hmm. And... um. I remember what, 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 I got my first hit record mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, you know what? I'm, I don't ever want to be off the charts. Like whatever that feeling was, you get your first like top five. You're addicted mm-hmm. to it. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I saw my name in Billboard and I was like, okay, that's, I'm never coming off of this chart. Mm-hmm. And literally for five years straight, it was like, I had like multiple songs, like 20 songs, 30, like it was crazy. crazy that's insane. Running, you know what I'm saying? That's insane. That's What's the stat? record? Um, well, let the people know. It was a uh, five. What was it the five years consecutive uh, on the charts? On the charts, yeah. So the, five, the Beatles held that record. They they held it. Mm-hmm. The Beatles held that record. It was five years, and then I beat the record. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, so nice. Like See, did, I don't know, Justice. You ain't know that. 
Nah. So you might have been able to so negotiate yeah. your deal. Yeah, a little bit different, right? Yeah, yeah like on by the way, that. the Beatles, they're second to me. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, no, it's it's funny though because I didn't know we, we they did this thing for um um they did this performance thing for me in in uh in Atlanta and it was like the day that it broke. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know and they they gave me a day and a whole thing and they gave me this big old plaque, like, oh you broke the Beatles record. I was like, yo, this is crazy. And I, and I don't even think I felt the I don't think I felt the heaviness of it at the time. It was years later when I realized like, oh, tripping. You yeah. Know I, mean? I should have really You so submerged in I what you really, doing, yeah. you don't really look at the scoreboard. You like, oh yeah. shit, I did. I should have just you know, I should've I should have amplified that a little more. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Breaking the Beatles record yeah. is just like yeah. he's just chilling. Look at him. He's my broke up Beatles record. <laughs> they would never stop hearing that. Literally. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, my name is Brian Michael Cox. Yeah, Beatles yeah. second to me. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> introducing you with that's sick. Yeah, yeah I'm so Brian. And I, I, the Beatles are second to me. Don't yeah. worry about it. With uh, with everyone selling their catalogs now, have you thought about what your your publishing would be valued at? Has that crossed your I'm crossed your mind? Analyticals. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing is really was unraveling deals that I was in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, I had a partnership with Warner Chapel for a long time, and then I was able to get out of that deal, and I did a partnership with another company, Avex, when it was brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, and the deal was a little vague, a little, you know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're the guinea pig of a deal, mm-hmm. you know, it 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 wasn't as clear as like my my deals with Warner Chapel were. You yeah, and so um, I had to do a lot of unraveling, and in, in the midst of me unraveling, you know, that deal and becoming a free agent. I've done a lot of like analytical stuff and figured out what my what the publishing looks like. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? What the value looks like? Um, I'm in a space where I would never sell 100 percent of it, though. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like people. Why is like, that? Um, just I'm weary about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've been in this business a long time, mm-hmm. and I've seen you know I've seen things you know trends happen. Yeah. And I'm weary about like everybody is trying to scoop up. Catalogs, yeah, like it's like it's a reason. like people are starting hedge funds to yeah. people who don't know nothing about music business. They're yeah. investing in LVRN, you know. So, um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, so, you sit next to the Illuminati. So no, so oh, wow, wow, he's quiet now, huh? Shout out, Matt Pinkus, man. Wow, yeah, we're not. I mean, so for family. me, he's a big fan of me. It's funny for me no, personally, music family. Oh. You know what? You're a nasty man. Go ahead. <laughs> For me personally, it's Cash like out. I'll do half. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I would sell half of it. But you, you know want to I mean? keep something. I want to keep something because I want to make money when y'all make money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, we we can make we can be partners. We can make money together. But why know? do you why do you think that so many artists and songwriters are and producers are selling their catalogs? It's a big, you know, it's a it's a it's a big check. You know, if you feel like you know. Like you take like a like a person who's like a legacy person like Dr. Dre who just sold his catalog, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, but Dr. Dre's already got so much money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And those and those songs we're talking about, you know, we're talking about N.W.A., Michelle A., D.L.C. songs that are 30, 40, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Years old, you know, they've probably seen the 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 actual peak of what they will probably make. You know what I'm saying? I was very surprised when I saw the Dream sell his. He was one of the first. Yeah, and I, yeah. that's why I was like, but I uh, think. I think Yo, there's like stuff landing out of the sky. We're, we're close <laughs> to like, so weird right like we're close to like no, those are no, that's, the, that's the Chinese balloons. Yeah, yeah, that's what's like, above. I would cash out and go get the spread and, and do what though? 
If they might as well live live it up while you can. Live it up. But also, I think the dream was doing okay. I think, I think he was no, but like he's doing really okay now. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> he's doing he's a lot doing better. Really okay now. I don't know what it's gonna look like next year. Yeah. I just think that people are because of the way we uh you artists get paid from streaming now. I think that I don't know how much you can be able to monetize records because now it's it's like it's oh it's getting lower and lower for the artists and the songwriters like what they're making off of these records. So it's like I think that they feel like let me just sell my catalog to one person so that I can always go to just one person. I don't have to go through all these loops and these circles to get my money and all of this. If I ever want to go back and buy it myself, I can that may be an option. Because I know the dream, like he sold what he's worked on already. Yeah. But now he has more shit coming Every, down. Everything new is his. It is, mm. you know? Right. So it's like yeah. I kind of feel like let me just put all my shit right here. Mm. And then one day, if I want it again, I have to just go through one person to get it back. Well, I mean, when a tech company is now valuing what a song is worth money-wise, yeah. that could change tomorrow. It's not nothing set in stone. So, yeah, mm-hmm. go liquidate all this shit. Yeah. Um, we've heard all the horror stories of artists and publishing and artists and labels and everything. As a songwriter, what, yeah. are, what are some of the nasty music industry tricks when it comes specific to um, writers? Yeah. It's interesting. You might have an artist who's not a songwriter who, because they're a big artist, they want publishing, which I think that trend started maybe, I would say it started when I got into the business, that trend actually started. And there's no problem with it. You know, I, I didn't see any issues with that. If, you know, if, if I'm going to get on a, you know, um, a, a Beyonce album, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I don't, see any, I don't see an issue with that. But I think that there's some artists some who are coming up who try to make that a standard and it's like, uh, we, you know, we, that's for, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you leave that for the artists that are, you know, at, like top tier. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, also the whole, you know, it, it's always nasty when, you know, you're going through, uh, uh, certain producers who may not be like creative, you know what I mean? They may just be the people who can put the talent together and then you have to really explain to the talent, yo, I'm producing from outside of this space. I'm producing the producers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people can, can, you know, can not understand what that really means and can take it personal when they don't get like top line credit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, you know, I, this business has not been, it, it's been, it's been great to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've been able to really be, uh, Associated with a with a lot of really solid people. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I came into the business. Yeah. And it's been great to me. You know what I'm saying? You know, dealing with everybody I've dealt with. I've mm-hmm. dealt with I've dealt with everybody. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Not everybody has their different stories. Mm-hmm. But me personally, you know, I, I can't say I'm I i can not say I made a bad deal. I would say the la- the, the the most recent deal was <laughs> what I, I made with Avex was probably my worst deal I made. Mm-hmm. And I was just because I was just trying something, I was experimenting something. So I knew I was kind of going into something, yeah. not really knowing what the, the experience other side was gonna be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you born it you born and raised in Houston, right? Born in Miami. Born in Miami. Born in Miami, raised in Houston. Raised yeah. in Houston, Texas. You uh you worked with Beyonce early yeah. on her on a her first demo. Yeah. Well no, I, I can say that. The, the real the real story is they work with me on my first demos. Like okay. they were already like signed. They just got signed to mm-hmm. Columbia, mm-hmm. and Beyonce and uh, Latoya mm-hmm. were students at my high school. I went to a high school for the visual arts in Houston. And I was mm-hmm. a senior. They were freshmen. Okay, and uh, we knew them before that. I knew them when they were younger because they were in this group called Girls Time, mm-hmm. and they were really popular around around Houston. And we used to do these competitions together, um, called uh, the People's Workshop. Yeah, okay. and you know all the young. 
you know, musicians and groups used to do all these comp- these competitions, and that's where we all kind of connected at, mm-hmm. at a young age. So when it came to our, you know, our school, we were already acquainted with each other, already knew each other, and they knew that I was writing songs and producing or whatever like that. So it was Beyonce and Latoya that went like would tell their dad like, hey, you know, we don't work, we don't work with Brian, we work with you know, our friend, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, mm-hmm. and. That's how that relationship started. Did you know, like, could you tell then that they were going to yeah. go on to be what they are? Yeah. It was the most talked about thing in the city. Um, and they didn't really do much, you know, like, besides other, that's how those little performances they would do at, for the People's Workshop. It was still a mystery. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they would go off, go to Oakland and work with um, Dwayne Wiggins. They would mm-hmm. sign Dwayne Wiggins. They would go and work, you know, they would go off to Oakland and work with him. they go go to Atlanta work with Dale Simmons. So it was really a mystery, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was privy to a lot of that information early on because we were we, we had gotten close and my mom would let me call them long distance when they would be yeah. when they'd be out of town, you know what I mean? And they would play songs over the you know over the phone and you know what I mean, bring songs back. Mm-hmm. And that was really a, the gateway for me to know that it's actually possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like something that was like when you're 16 years old, you know, 17 years old, and it's such a, it's like a dream, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then you have friends and it's tangible and they're bringing music back and that's back from producers that you read on credits. And it's like, yo, this is ill. I can actually go do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I always give credit where credit is due when it comes to Matthew Knowles and Knowles family and like always because that family showed me that it was like, no, this is tangible. It's possible. This is real. Is yeah. there any uh, standout memories from those sessions? Like yes. the early, early ones? Early ones. So so I I was in a collective um, uh, as a producer by the name of Greg Curtis, who's my mentor, uh, very early on, took me under his wing. Uh, down the line, Greg Curtis ended up writing and producing Love for Keisha Cole. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and he's like a really, really one of the most talented people mm-hmm. that I've ever encountered. Um, it was him and it was another guy named Teron Mitchell who was in a group called Groove You. It was a really popular group in Houston. And uh, one of my best friends who's passed away, a guy named Scooby, we were like trying to be like a production team. Mm-hmm. You know, this was production, in the 90s, production team was like really popular. Yeah. We were trying to be a production team. So um, when they were trying to do like these songs, you know, when we call about the songs, like, yo, we went and made some songs. They came to the studio. Well, Matthew came to the studio first. Matthew came, it was in the middle of like, like a thunderstorm, hurricane or something. We were in the studio, we came, we played him the songs. He was like, oh, okay, y'all little niggas got something, you know? Yeah. And then he went back, we made the session happen. Tina brought the girls over. And we, you know, I remember being, it was like the first time I was like directing a vocal, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And these are my friends, so it felt easy initially, but then I never really, seen Beyonce or seen him or Kelly seen him work in the studio yeah you know you just go to the show you know you yeah. root for him you know whatever but I never seen the process yeah. you know what I mean yeah them in the, and they were so already polished mm-hmm. in the studio like it was unbelievable mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you throw anything at them and it was just like got it got it and I was like oh this is okay this is different yeah you know what I mean and we knew we knew early on those girls were going to be stars mm-hmm. and we knew that Beyonce was going to be a star mm-hmm. yeah, she was always humble but she was silent with it mm-hmm. she was a silent assassin she opened her mouth he was like oh sh- you know shit mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah she was young they were like 12 Damn. you know 12 13 at that time mm-hmm. so them being that young and that polished yeah this is before the album 
before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've never seen nothing like that outside of maybe Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Bow Wow's probably the only only the kid that I work with is like eleven, and Bow was like a monster. You mm-hmm. know, give him like Brad wrote the second verse to uh, bounce with me, and I was concerned. Yeah, because it's so so fast. You know what I mean? She's double time, and yeah, Bow was like eleven, ate that shit like one take. Wow, you know what I'm saying? We Mm -hmm. was doing three songs a day with him. Mm -hmm. Were you uh, compromised in the divorce of uh, Destiny's Child? (laughs) Once they broke up, there's a lot. There's a lot that happened behind that. Yeah, because you know I was working with Jagged Edge at the time. (laughs) Yeah, and so I got a bird's eye view to you know, and, and because of the girls with my friends, Brian and Brandon. Uh, obviously my my guys mm-hmm. um and we all know matthew and matthew was very ambitious and he was very no nonsense mm-hmm. you know what i mean he talked plenty of shit but mm-hmm. he was he was about his bit you know he was about his shit and he right. was about that business and he wasn't gonna let anybody disrupt that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like so as soon as the disruption started like was gonna happen next thing you, you know it's it. like i own the name I, I put, it was like he he made that shit happen so fast, you know. Mm-hmm. And next thing we know, they was out. Latoya and Latavia were out, and Michelle and Farrell were in. And do we, as as the public, did we get the real breakup reason for Destiny? What Child? was what was the breakup reason that the public got? Some bullshit like oh, it's creative differences or something like that. Okay, so no, what happened was there like was- there's that there's that viral clip of Beyonce <laughs> telling her like, yo, you could just like pack your bags later, like yeah. you should leave. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's one of the funniest videos. Like, like we could just ship you like your luggage. You could like you get on a plane now if you want. <laughs> I think they're just lay there were layers of it. I think that, you know, they were all kids. Mm. Got parents involved. Yeah. You know. Matthew is the mastermind, you know, but the other parents feel like they want to be involved. They want some safety. They they want they want their kids to have a voice and this, that, and the third. And when you get Kids and parents and parents living vicariously to their kids. Yeah, there's always going to be some clash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they were, and they were, and they were big when yeah. when, when when the clash when happened. Really, they yeah, were all, they happened. were on the second album. Yeah. No, 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 was a platinum single. Mm-hmm. They were on the second album. Those records going out the roof. They would they right as well. They ten million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know what I mean. So it it, it the, the clash couldn't have happened at a more like pivotal point. You know what I'm saying? Where the parents they want a stake in the, you know, they want their kids to have a, you know, be this day group too. Yeah. You know? We don't look back at that split enough because that was kind of like it was wild. Yeah. It, and and it kind of felt like remember when Fresh Prince rolled in the new Aunt Viv and she was like a light skinned lady. Yeah. Was like <laughs> she was like, what is this? Like, are, you, are you calling Michelle Aunt Viv? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm definitely not doing that. But it, it felt like it was just a whole different aesthetic. Nobody said anything. It was like, it was like the it was like the fucking Video came on and it was like, who are these two girls? That's what I'm saying. What the hell happened? Especially that first album, how much did it sell? The first, first album. The first album, I think it ended up going platinum. There's two like, times platinum. Like the first album, I think, yeah. There's like four diamond records on that shit. And then just the next album is a whole new group. <laughs> oh, yo, you know, you, you, we're talking about the second album. The first album is no, no, no. The second album is right as well when it changed. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Survivor comes and it's like, Mm. Yeah. Who, who, who are, yeah. Who and that was people? when it was three, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Survival was, was just three of them. Yeah, there yeah. yeah, was three of them. Yeah. It was three. At that point, Farrell was in and out. They yeah. got Farrell up out of there quick. And then she yeah. had like a sex tape scandal or something. Oh, yeah, something. yeah, I don't it was remember something that. like that. It was something crazy. It yeah, was like, it was something. It was some. I remember like that was. I mean, it was a that was a, a long time ago. If we talking now, but like I remember just something, thinking back, like it was, it was a lot of weird shit going on. Like, yo, what the fuck is going on right now? Then Beyonce did the hip hop opera Carmen. 
Carmen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Carmen's right. underrated. Great, that's a great MTV production and great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. there's a most deaf and Beyonce song on there where she's rapping. Yeah. With <laughs> most, yeah. <laughs> crazy. She find temptations after like, you know yeah. Beyonce's star just was yeah. consistently mm. going up. That right. happened after like the uh uh what was it uh Miss Independent? What was it? Yeah, the, 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 the Charlie's Angels. Charlie's mm-hmm. Angels. Like, yeah, after yeah. that, that was like, all right, we, we know what Beyonce That is. group was destined, though. That group was destined, and Beyonce was destined. Like, it was it was so crazy, because she's always been one of the nicest people. Like, you've ever, like, to this day, she's one of the sweetest people you meet, right? Yeah. And she was so sweet in high school, and people still didn't like her. Mm. That's but you know that's sweetest people. I mean, when you're when you're you know you know how it is in high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty girl, light skinned talented. All the boys probably like her. Every nigga in the school like her, which means all the girls are not gonna like her. You know what I'm saying? Unless they're pretty girls and they're not insecure. You know how it is in high school. It's Mm -hmm. just that's just how it goes. Speaking of viral videos with Beyonce, there's the photo of Beyonce and her boyfriend from high school, Uh, and like the meme is like the the number one. Ball dropper of all time. Lindo. Did you know this gentleman personally? I did. I know him well. What's his name? His name is Lindo. Damn, Lindo. Lindo. I've known Lindo for a long time. Oh, yeah. Have you ever had that conversation he with, with He wasn't destined to win. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to Lindo. Lindo? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lindo. A name like Lindo, you got to either be very athletic. Yeah. No, he was Or probably, you got to be. They he, was really, he was really, he was really popular. Mm. He was popular, you know. Uh, he, he he was definitely in the sports. He was you okay. Know, he, he was he was a popular kid. When, she, when was the last on her? He huh? cheated on Beyonce. Yeah, in yeah. High, oh, it was high school. What's wrong with him? Yeah. What's wrong with Lindell? Yeah. So lemonade was technically about Lindell. It wasn't mm-hmm. about Hope. Oh, definitely wasn't about Lindell. I Definitely wasn't about Lindell. When was the last time you ran into to Lindell? It's been a long time. Um, early on, I can't believe we're talking about Lindo. No, <laughs> it's funny. Listen, this this Lindo. whole shit went viral, and no one has ever talked no, about this dude. He went year. to high school with him. Yeah, every year. No, I, I didn't go to high school with him. We grew up in the same neighborhood. Gotcha. So, okay. okay. He went to the neighborhood high school. I, I went to from when I was high school, which was a special school. But he mm. went to like, you know, he went to school with like my friend, like my boy Sean, who uh, was like my right hand man right now. Like, yeah. I got a bunch of friends that the, my neighborhood kids that went to the neighborhood school, mm-hmm. and he went, he went, you know, he went, he went to Westbury. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is a a popular school in Houston, the Southwest yeah. Side, and I would see Linda all the time, especially like when we first as teenagers. But when when I started making it in the music business, and I would come home, I would see him a lot because yeah. mm-hmm. he was still kind of in the mix. Like he was still kind of well when you dated still, Beyonce, I mean, yeah. But him, but him, like this is like you know early on in our career in late late nineties, they mm-hmm. were still kinda, they were still dating. You know, mm-hmm. it was off and on, but it was still a thing. So I would see him, you know, all the time when I would. Go to Houston and just randomly see him. It's been a long time I've seen him. You know he be in the barber shops getting his shit off. Uh, <laughs> you know he be getting his shit off. He like Al oh, Bundy. You know Al Bundy. Or, or do you think he's dead quiet about down, this shit? See. Wait, did you see the updated version? Yeah. Oh yeah, my man with the. With the oh hat. yeah, no. Nah. Oh, he's, he's, he's currently a chef. Yeah. But Lindo, I mean, from what I hear, he's you know he's he's married. He's got kids. I'm, I'm pretty sure Lindo is. I mean, he's doing well. Listen, he dated I Beyonce. I, he, I mean, he knows that that was the one that got away. Obviously, do you do you remember his girlfriend after Beyonce? No. Okay. Nobody. 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 When he showed up to the party, the that's next the day. whack part. But it's like, yo, nah. man, like every time you bring your new your new you girl around the home, like, they're like, nah, yo, we supposed to be in Turks, homie. Like, yeah, nah, <laughs> joint, nah, 
<laughs> we like you cheating on me, huh? We're supposed to be in Turks. Oh, Turks. Like, you know, the homies is on Lindu next. Like, yo, yeah. you, you cheated on, like, how you cheat on B? Yeah. Like, you idiot. Like, you gotta kill your homie forever behind that. Yeah. You I know, mean, like, when she headlined uh, Coachella, it was like, yo, y'all trying to go to the desert this weekend? <laughs> y'all trying to link at Coachella? Yo, yeah, Lindu. He was a he, he's a good guy though. He was just he was kids. They were mm. children. Yeah, that's you know? all it was, man. But, but the internet does find a way every year to. Oh yeah, uh, every year it's gonna come back. Shout out to Lindo, man. Serve, but shout out to Lindo, man. I hope we hope that he's uh he's chefing it up somewhere in Texas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shrimp I haven't seen him a long time, but do you... um, all right. To, to fast forward a little bit because I know Justice is getting antsy. Yeah. <laughs> when he doesn't talk or yell or give an insane take, whoa, I can whoa. tell. <laughs> tell him he how gets you really uncomfortable, feel, bro. How did this uh this come together? This this partnership, Beacox, LVRN. Um it's so funny, we were talking about it two days ago, mm. but it started during the, the division sessions. Okay. Like obviously, you know, Cox, you know, being a legend and you know him being in Atlanta, um, we always knew each other and we, it was like, you know, it was cool. Yeah. But I think that we got a real feel for each other, you know, when we were spending like, you know, excessive time with each mm. other, right? And when you, you know, obviously everybody that's in the music business spends a lot of time complaining about the music business. Yeah. <laughs> so It's just a thing to do. It's just yeah. a thing to do, right? Yeah. Um, which is so stupid because it's such a dope business. But um, I think it's dope when you, like the way y'all y'all work and create, because I've been fortunate to like mm-hmm. be in the studio with yeah. y'all. And how, that's, that's a unique thing though. That's a unique relationship that yeah. y'all have, the way y'all work. Like just, you'll just bring artists through. And, and and JD and B Cox is there, and they mm-hmm. just start vibing, playing music. Like that's not that's not a a, a way that a lot of people work in the business. Everybody kind of keeps shit like to themselves yeah, yeah, and kind of like yeah. lock themselves off from other dudes. Like yeah. nah, I don't want to, I don't want them to hear what I'm doing, or I don't yeah. want them to get in this artist's ear. Like what you do with your artists is like, and and what y'all do, y'all have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like y'all spend time talking about an artist. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Before like you probably bring them to the studio, and then by the time you bring them to the studio, Brian and Jermaine already know who the artist is, has heard some of their stuff, and already have an idea of what they want to do with this artist. Yeah. So yeah. y'all have a unique unique way of doing things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think for for me, I I like to consider that part like the world building, right? Like. I think that like music is like driven by energy and you know, like I do, it should be, should be. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do get the, you know, the the other process, which is like, you know, we're going to stay over here. Um, but I think specifically what we're trying to do, um, it needs energy. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyways, to, uh, you know, to, I guess, fast forward or rewind back to what I was saying about Cox, you know, like I was just saying, yo, like for me, the art in A&R is lost, right? Like I can name my, like, five A&Rs in the whole business that I actually be like, yo, like, these guys are dope. Yeah. Right? And I think that what happened is the music business got away from people that make music. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. that's, it's like, wait, you guys are making decisions about records and you don't make music? Right. Or you're not close enough to the people that make the music? Right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay. You're listening to it in an office and mm-hmm. trying to make a decision. Yeah. It's or, crazy. Or, or data. <laughs> just looking at data. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? So, you know, Cox, I was just like, yo, like, man, like, I want to do something different. Like, uh, we have an opportunity, um, again, just to, like, just to be leaders in the space and do what's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I want to bring in somebody that, you know, 
number one is a great person, but also just like is a producer. Yeah. Um, onto the A and R side, mm-hmm. and and f- at first it started off with with us just like brainstorming of who, who, that, person, yeah, yeah. who we, that person could be. We yeah. were trying to help him find like mm. find the person. I'm giving I'm giving our names. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> just like what you doing tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it, 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 and, and, and what happened was like that night we were talking, and I was like, man, I got I got I got to think about some more names, you know. And I was mm. and I and I went home. I thought about it because. What he didn't know was that I was actually having a conversation with like Naeem and people at Universal about possibly doing something mm. with them. So mm-hmm. we have, and because I had a conversation with Naeem, I was working with an artist named, um, I was working with Coco Jones. I was working with another artist. Uh, Love Coco uh, Jones. I've got the girl name. I lost the girl name. <laughs> another young artist I was working <laughs> with. And Naeem hadn't been in the studio with me in a long time. Mm-hmm. So he was in the studio watching me do, do these girl vocals. He was like, yo, like, like we need this back in. Yeah, like the art form of actually making records this back into like th- these type of buildings. So yeah. we started having conversations about maybe doing something over there. But then it was right before Tunji took over, mm-hmm. and, and so he was like, "We got to wait till Tunji, you know, gets into it. We want to talk about it." And we never got a chance to really talk about it. So I just like I just let it go. Like, hey, if it happens, it happens. Whatever. Yeah. This is like maybe six months later, seven months later, we having this conversation, and I'm trying to tell him. Other and I was unknown in town. I said, what are you looking for? And he tells me like exactly what he's looking for. Atlanta based, somebody who's in the culture, somebody who's outside, but somebody who's also, you know, can make music or understands how to make music. And so I went home and I just, just sat with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this probably is is probably the opportunity I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I hit him. And I was like, yo, man, like, I'll do that. I'll do that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, you, you would? <laughs> I was like, I was I like mean, hell yeah. He saw that investment headline and was like, oh, you can afford me. <laughs> no, no. It was before that investment. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's, I'm joking. It, it's, 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 you know, again, like, you know, we've built a com- I've built a company, like, you know, with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know how tough that is. Yeah. Right? So, you know, like, I like to consider Cox a friend. Mm-hmm. And when he said he would do it, I'm like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. yeah. We really like each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I am not the easiest person to work with. Yeah. Like, I know that about myself, yeah. right? So I'm just like, are you sure? Like, you know, yeah. like you actually can. He's like, nah, like, this is like a good a good pivot for me, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, this makes the most sense. Like, yeah, why not? And then again, just doubling down on, on, on you know, the R&B niche mm-hmm. that we're building mm-hmm. um, around our, our aura. I just think that it was just like a beautiful addition. Yeah. Where, where's the disconnect between like the elder statesman legends and the new generation? Because there's a gap. Yes. Like yeah. this, you two sitting here is rare as yeah. far as new generation and legends actually working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There always seems to be That's some type I love, of beef. I love this because it was like, this made so much sense. Mm. It was like what LVRN is doing, like y'all are clearly the new wave. And then like grabbing somebody like a Brian Michael Cox, who is a legend yeah. in, 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 in music business. But then y'all have a unique, a real, like a friendship and a yeah. relationship. And it's like when I, y'all, y'all announced that, I was like, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's not something that you see that people do all the time. Right. Like the new generation doesn't really kind of connect to the, you know, the guys before them that that laid the the way for them, actually, especially when it comes to R and B, you're not yeah. gonna find many people more talented than Brian Michael Cox. Right. So for what y'all are doing, and to have Brian now part of that, I I thought it made perfect sense. No, nah, thank you. I mean, I, I think, I think what you said was important, right? Like, you know, like me being around my peers mm-hmm. and really watching 
that that disconnect and how they speak about you know like the generation that came before us but also also being around that generation and watching how yes. they speak about them mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm just like you guys both want something mm-hmm. but nobody's going to put their ego to the side yeah right and you know i'm just like for me i'm just like yo listen like i'm comfortable in my space i'm comfortable in what i know mm-hmm. and i know that i need to know a lot more yeah right and I understand today and I understand what's going on outside, but one thing I do know that I wasn't around for is the creation of these eras and these records that, mm-hmm. that were being made that, you know, that still live to this day. Like, yeah. it's crazy. You go to an R&B party now, mm-hmm. they play records just from their era, yeah. not yeah. this era. Yeah. Right? That says something about the music. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm just like, okay. Um, for me, selfishly, I just want to just go and soak up all the games that I can, and, you know, mm-hmm. and be a sponge and offer up to whatever right. I know. Right. Um. But then it then over time it became strategy. It's like, wait, there's actually a gap here that needs to be filled, and if I could do that, or I could offer up that, you know, like showing that, yo, this is something dope that can come, come can come out of this. Like, why not just like you know make it public and you know come in the Rory and Walsh. Do, do you feel like it's, it's funny you say that? <laughs> That at parties they just still play the '90s shit yeah. when it comes to R&B sets. Is that dead? The party R&B record because R&B has gotten. Well, I don't think across the board. So I think R&B is an incredible place. Mm-hmm. But everyone, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, especially after Puff said R&B was dead, was like everything's too moody now. It's too toxic. It's whisper singers. Like, how did y'all feel about that when Puff said that? I, I, I feel like y'all had a lot of reason to feel disrespect. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> like when Puff said R&B is dead, like. I want to know what y'all group chat was, was like. I mean, it was it was it's, it was crazy. But I mean, I had a conversation with Puff at like. Yeah, we, I, oh, like, I know because yeah. you it's, it's, you have other little gripes with Puff about no. some things he's done. <laughs> yeah, I know the whole the whole love. I mean, yeah, I know. it was a little obvious. Yeah. yeah, listen. Obviously, you know similar logos too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> listen, Puff is Puff is he's Puff. Puff is Puff. Puff absolutely, is Puff, like, no doubt about it. Hundred percent. You know, he he paved the way. He made it. You know, it's it funny. He was talking about Matthew. You know, making it possible for him to see. For me, Puff made it possible to see. I don't know mm. why for him specifically. Like, yeah. it just felt like if he could do it, anybody could do it. Yeah. But anyways, great. I know Puff is a legend. We know yes. that. Tell him shit on him. Like, what don't you like about it? Well, no, I mean, my, my, <laughs> like, we, you don't need to explain how dope Puff no, is. My we know thing, how dope Puff my is. My thing is, or my issue with it was, my Puff, you just came outside. Like, yeah. you, like, you've been. Came back outside. Yeah, I came back outside. Like, mm. you've been, like, you've been rich for a very long time. Absolutely. Right? And, like, there's a lot of groundwork that's going into, you know, trying to just, like, put R&B back into the forefront. But I understand what he was trying to say. I, I, I and I understand the point of, of marketing. Right? Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, I think that he just went about it the wrong way. But um, he's wrong. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. And I mean, the, the next day, after he did that, the next day, me and Jermaine got on a live with him the next day. Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> and he was like, you know, man, I just said that to get the, you know, yeah. get the conversation wake started. Up the, wake up the Because I was like, because I'm like, you know, me and Jermaine's like, hey, like, bro, like, what you talking about? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this is, you know, I feel like we are in, you know, we're in full motion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And at that point, I felt like because people was trying to bridge the gap, mm-hmm. right? I feel like, especially what, what we were doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just leading up to the Divisions release and all of the little things we were doing, people were getting excited about hearing this music. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? 
And at the time, I didn't even realize the strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't realize how good of a strategy or a strategist that justice is or how good, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The strategy was going to be for division. You know what I mean? We yeah. just, I was like, well, we all posting, we all posting. It's all, mm, yeah, you yeah. know, just post every piece of this process. Yeah. And I felt the energy. So for him to say that, I was like, you, you, you know, you feel this energy over here. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you want some of this energy. Absolutely. That's what this is. Yeah. And then next, next thing you know, we doing the camp with him. We were, you know, so yeah. I just think he needed to do that to get, yeah, I think but, you know. No, I'm I'm saying I, I, it's funny, right? Because like the internet has this thing, right? Where like it takes it takes a headline and and it acts like it. The internet acts like they don't know what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I know exactly what he's trying to say, yeah. and I agree with him, right? Mm-hmm. Because the aspect that I do pull out of it is like from the business of R and B, it really is dead, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, you go to R and B radio, they say like you're basically just going to die. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Which you is know, crazy. It's, urban, it's, urban, urban it's crazy, yeah. right? But yeah. like, you know, R&B records don't cross over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so hard to introduce new R&B artists to the world because it takes a lot to get to the R&B fan. Yeah. yeah. So I understand what he's saying. I mean, it's tough. I feel like R&B now has more press than it does actual sound scans. Like, outside oh. of summer... Like R&B is in a great, the music is great. It's getting mm-hmm. a lot of attention, but it doesn't sell. Outside of summer, what R&B artist really sells? I mean, you well, consider SZA, right? SZA. SZA. Fair. I'm sorry. Yeah, S- yeah, summer and SZA would be. 10 weeks at number one. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. So it's weird because I think the music's great right now. I don't understand yeah. why it's not selling though. Like even Giveon, when that shit dropped, that's all anyone was talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm shitting on him, but. He just did Irving Plaza. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the only shit moving right now in R&B. It's incredible. It's real R&B. Mm-hmm. Every young chick is talking about it. Every box was checked. Yeah. And then I saw the tour. I was like, Irving Plaza? Yeah. Granted, that shit was packed wall to wall. Yeah, And the show was incredible. But I think maybe that's more what Puff was trying to get at with, well, the, I with mean, the dead part. Like, that's not because that, because hip hop is in the greatest selling space it's ever fucking been in. And, and this, and I tweeted this like two days ago, and that's the point, right? It's not the lack of music, mm-hmm. it is the lack of support financially. I will say that. Yeah. But more importantly, it's the lack of energy. Sure. R&B artists now are, they're isolated in like their own little islands, mm-hmm. right? But like, if you understand um, hip hop culture, or just urban culture in general is driven by energy. So like something is going to be bigger when there's a lot of people around it mm. that are making it feel important, mm. right? But like if you're an R&B artist, you're just sitting there and like in your corner and nobody really knows you for real, like yo, you're trying to finish an album but you you don't, you don't know the other R&B artists, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you can't even collaborate, like you know what I'm mm. saying? Like mm. you can't even get nobody on the phone. Right. Yeah. And you're like, you know, supposedly doing numbers. That's like counterproductive to like what hip hop is, right? Like you see QC come outside and like, you know, when, you know, when little Baby's dropping his, everybody's behind it. Yeah. Yeah. You see when Kendrick is dropping, everybody's behind, like there's an energy. So yeah. it makes it feel bigger. Yeah. I think R&B doesn't have that. I think, um, our, well, to me, I blame it. I, I kind of point to a number of things. I think that, you know, just the, uh, the way that a lot of guys, I guess, court women or their relationships with women today mm-hmm. changed the conversations that men have with women today changed uh so it's a lot to do with just i guess the era 
the timing, um, you know, it, guys kind of think it's corny to put on like slow music if a girl comes over now. Wow. Like everybody want to be turned up, twerking, you know, uh, it's just a different energy. I think that the younger audience has with girls now. Right. So I think I can blame that for why Puff would say R&B is dead is because if you play R&B at a club right now, you're probably going to be playing an old school R&B record yeah. to where people are going to, you know what I mean, kind of groove to that. If you play a new one, people are like, oh, this is my shit, but I'm going to go get a drink. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not the same type <laughs> of, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's just a weird energy now when you hear R&B in a club, which is why I love what Brian is doing with the R&B party. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like shit like that is needed. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I think it's dope to have a bunch of guys that you wouldn't think know a lot of R&B records. Mm-hmm. Top of their lines in the club. Yeah, like, I mean? it's like, because girls start looking like, oh, you know about this? Mm-hmm. Like, me and my girls play this when we in the crib or we in the car going to the club. Like, I didn't think guys was like, nah, this is my shit. Like, I'm Sabrina Claudia all day I'm playing right. that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's 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 a pocket of people that still listen and support R&B, but it's definitely not the-, the But also, the R&B is also, it's, it's, it's just, it's also marketed so old. Yeah. yeah, it's market is so out of style. Yeah, and this shit just it feels sucks. like an older genre. But it, like it older feels people. like it's for it old like people. It's for old it people. really interesting because when I was coming up, R and B was such a young thing. You yeah, know, there were all the mm. groups that, that I produced, all the groups that was coming out. Come on, we used to leave the R and B song on our voicemail. Like, like yo, play the R and B, play exactly. fifteen seconds of the R and B joint. Yo, leave a message. A I was young, fourteen. What was I doing? Yeah, it's like, nasty, it's nasty, a nasty work. thing to be <laughs> doing. <laughs> it, it was such a young thing. If it felt like it was, uh, it was the music of the youth. Also, yeah. it felt like it felt like hip hop and R and B when that made when that marriage happened. Yeah, in the in the late eighties, were really. In the '90s, when it really, really took off, you yeah. had Mary J. Blige's, you had yeah. Jodeci's, you had Boyz II Men's. Yeah. It just felt like we were, we were, we were coming up together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and then the split happened. Um, the rappers started uh, sipping lean, and right? Doing pills. Well, no, the rap, the rappers took melody. You yeah, used to have to go happened. to R and B to get melody. That's like, true too. As, yeah. as a, I grew up a hip hop nerd, baby. That's all I fucked yeah. with. But that shit, even to me, was like, all right, I need a break. This is just too much drums and rapping. I need some melodies. Next thing you know, I don't have to go out. to R and B now. Yeah. You know, it's, all the melodies are in hip hop. Yeah. So, so I, I also feel like once that happened in hip hop, and hip hop numbers started going crazy, R and B artists started chasing that, right? Yeah. So then now you're breeding new artists who are looking up to the R and B artists who's doing that. Now they're all doing that. Versus when I was coming up, there was the thing that that that's that made Jodeci special was the church influence. Mm-hmm. The things that make Mary J. Blige the queen of hip hop soul mm-hmm. is because of the church influence. Mm-hmm. The things that makes Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, Whitney Houston is because the church influence. Yeah. And once R&B split, R&B hip hop split, people started chasing hip hop. Mm-hmm. And just be real, you know what I mean? You know, the world becomes, the, 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 we become more liberal, mm-hmm. we become more expressive about what we believe. Mm-hmm. Church is not put on, like, press, like, church was on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter whether, whether I yeah, liked yeah. it or not, you know what I'm saying? He was there. But I, but I got my, my, my teachings from that. I yeah. play piano because of that. I mm-hmm. sing because of it. All these artists that are top, at the top of the food chain, you know, like if you look at a Usher, you look at a Beyonce, you look at, you know, who are now, who has been around for mm-hmm. 25, 30 years, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But they're still at the top of the game. Their learning come from- The foundation. The foundation is church. Yeah. R&B's foundation, the, the beautiful thing about R&B in the 90s, it was like church meets rap. Yeah. 
Now we don't have none of that. Kids don't foundation is brunch. Yeah, brunch. The brunch is foundation. Working mimosas, brunch, waffles. social media. Also, <laughs> also captions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just want a short part of the record. Yeah, yeah. as much as words were important in R and B, of course, but it was so much based off singing and melody. Now, a lot of that shit, the same way with rap, you have to have the caption part of the song. Word. Like, what's what's the thing that people are going to share? Damn. Yeah, and I don't think she deserves the blame because she's incredible, but Janae is probably the sole artist you could look to to see where R&B completely changed. Her mm. success changed R&B to more of what we would call like the whisper singers and more of like that really moody R&B, less singing out, mm. less love songs, even though Janae makes those. Yeah. She started this wave, intentionally or not intentionally, of where we're at with music now. It's to me, it's, it's huh. Aaliyah and it's Janae of what R&B is right now. I think, I think Janae is a huge proponent, but I don't think that she's a reason. I think, I think the post era that we're living in is we're living in a post era, post weekend and post Frank Ocean. Mm, I, think sure. those, I think those three artists specifically, when you're talking about R&B, shape the sound. Like whatever we say, like, the modern R and B is a derivative. It's a derivative from what Forty and Drake were doing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, right, hundred like, percent. That's their fault. 100%. But even even Forty Sound to me is 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 very similar. What was uh, Janae's? Not her first album, but that mixed Sailing Souls, classic. Love yeah. that. A, a lot of that. I mean, of course, Drake was even on that. That yeah, two thousand twelve. Yeah, yeah. Forty Sound is similar to what Janae was doing as far yeah. as that underwater yeah. dark tone type well, of thing. So yeah. Frank's there as well, but I think Janae, Drake, and Forty, yeah, would be the yeah, and then and then and a lot of Drake's R and B shit is especially the early stuff was his best Aaliyah impression, yeah, written by yeah. Party Next Door, yeah. So these artists, even though they did it the best, like I don't consider Janae a whisper singer, but she did open the door for a lot of bullshit R and B because they thought I, it looked it looked but, easy, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like That's I feel sick. like Janae what? nasty work. She opened I, the door for bullshit R and B. Nasty. <laughs> I feel like Janae. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. And what's funny is I like a I like whispered singing R and B. What is but it, it's singing? Um, but they're not belting out high notes. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. All right, I'll, yeah. I'll talk See, about a whisper singer I love. Do want to hear that? I don't. You don't. But I people want to hear that. Don't. People want to hear that. No, they don't. What do you mean? You only want to hear that if you're past forty five. See? Whisper singer R&B? CB? No, no, that's what the young chicks like. They, no, no, they no. feel like See? it's supposed to be an older thing. But this is the whole point. This is the reason why the the like bridge. Jasmine Sullivan does it. She's amazing. Like yeah, her, yeah but, amazing. but but it is. But like again, look at Jasmine Sullivan today, right? She's found a way to obviously to still vocal flex, mm -hmm. but not oh content. Her content is very different. Yeah. Than it was content before. is very different, but also just like it's in moderation. Mm -hmm. Isn't right? that like, much different? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Oh, so because Jasmine could. Bang, bang, she could bang you in the head. Yeah, you know, she was knocking windows. The fact that she, you know, the fact she she went she's against a lion, tiger, and a bear. Yeah, I don't think it's, the shit has changed that much. Yeah, she's no, she's got it back. She <laughs> no, it's, it's, I love Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, I mean, I think, I think if you, if you're looking at the space of it, like for me, the only reason why I say who wants to hear that is because it's just like we're trying to catch a vibe. Mm -hmm. right like what's what what is r&b serving to you right and if you're listening to you know modern r&b it's like it's melody that's in rap form right yeah. because it's like 
rap has trained us to almost live our life to it. And then now like R&B is, has been taken outside of just the love sector and you're able to sing about other things outside of love, right? Like if you're looking at like the Trey Songs era, Jamie Foxx era, you know what I'm saying? Like it was so specific. It was like you only were going to be successful if you made a sex song. Mm-hmm. And R&B was so sexualized. And it wasn't until, um, you know, the new generation was like, yo, like there's more to do, guys. Mm-hmm. We can sing about more besides panty droppers. Yeah. You know well, I mean, went from being love, yeah. love, and then it was sex. People and now it's like, oh, you you, you dog me, I'm a doggy first type of shit. Well, no, it's R&B's real life, though. Real life. But it's real life. Confessions is a toxic album. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no offense to yeah, what, what you were yeah. going through at the time, but it's a... It's a toxic album. That's why I also find that weird when the internet is saying R&B lost love songs. I'm like, I mean, granted, Billie Jean is a pop song, but Billie Jean's a toxic song. Like, oh, yeah. pop and R&B have been toxic forever. Oh, yeah. It's not just been nothing but fucking love songs that fell from the earth. And most of those love songs are about eating pussy. It's not about fucking <laughs> love for real. Yeah, I know I'm getting older. Summer Rain is about pussy. It's not. I told y'all the other day, I can't even listen to rap before three o'clock no more. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear that shit, like, man. Good, no, good. man. We getting up before three p.m. Yeah, nah. turn that shit off. Like I would, when y'all, we walked in, y'all was playing Migos. I looked around, like I feel like I walked into a fucking the Twilight Zone. I'm like, this is what y'all on before <laughs> three? Like, the Migos, like we love the Migos, but it's it's, it's yeah. one o'clock, fam. Yeah. Like turn that down. <laughs> what happened to like the uh, the R and B remixes? Or, I, or, or, the, or the hip-hop remixes of, like, real R&B ballads. I just think that those, the, the music got got blended. So, you know, the, the genres got blended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then when they separated, it was like, okay, for R&B, you know, if, if you caught a record, let's say you caught a tempo record, R&B, R&B record, it was like... Like, Let's Get Married. When yeah. I had, you did that. Yeah, so... And then y'all all the way hip-hop that the remix, out. Yeah, but yeah, so the, yeah, the remix... Run think, DMC, right? Yeah. yeah, the remix ended, I think, in the early 2000s because what people started doing was just, let's say, uh, a song came out and it blew up. What they would do, they would just use the same beat and have them put people on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Versus going in and reconstructing the track. You know what I mean? How mm-hmm. Jermaine did In My Bed or how, you know, I, I did Super One Part One and include remixing and then Super One Part Two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was, we, we were, and the remix business was a business too, by the way. Absolutely. It was like a real. Yeah. You know, maxi single business. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is though, we had we, even at our meeting a few days ago. Um, I think the remix business is coming back. Mm, how so? You know, I, I think we talked about TikTok and people taking songs like like Quilla right now. Mm-hmm. You can go to her page. We heard of Spotify page, and that record has five different versions. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, Beyonce and with the wetter. Yeah, shit the that's wetter, all, all these mashups. Yeah, so yeah. these mashups, these people speeding the records up. And kids wanted to listen to it in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the remix or what we used to call the maxi single is being redefined right right in front of our face right now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel about the fact that so many people get married to one of your records? Was that was like going into it? Did you feel like that's what y'all wanted to do? Well, let's get married for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's Get Married was very, very intentional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Jermaine wrote the hook. It was very, very intentional. It was my first time actually... Because when I first started working with you. None of them niggas ever been married. (laughs) Which is crazy, right? Which is insane. That's what I was getting to next. Like, you wrote a song that so many people get married to. Like, let's get married. Let's get married is the equivalent to, like, Whitney Houston's I Believe the Children. Like, people, everybody has walked in graduation to Whitney Houston. Yeah. 
most people in our culture have walked out and had their first dance to let's get married. Absolutely. And Absolutely. none of y'all ever been married. Yeah. Y'all some sick niggas, man. You don't live. No, you don't bro, live your rhymes. Nasty work. <laughs> yeah, y'all some sick you be, niggas. You be lying in your rhymes. I mean, why is no, no? She, like, <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> like, here's the first time I ever said stuttering. He's like, no, 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 hold on. As a songwriter, we write about conversations. Yeah, and I always say this: my my number one motto as a songwriter, songwriter, the song is in the conversation. Now I learned that actually working with Jermaine. You know what I'm saying? Because we wrote. We wrote, uh, you got it bad. Mm-hmm. It was literally me, Jermaine, and Usher having a conversation. And in this conversation, Jermaine concludes the conversation with, man, you got it bad, talking to Usher. Yeah. And then next thing I know, we're making the song. Mm-hmm. So Let's Get Married is the same. It's, it's, it's the rhythm of a, of a conversation. Yeah, me and Jermaine were having, Jermaine was having a conversation with one of his homies. They was talking about... How they were just gonna go ahead and do it? They've been with the girl for fifteen years. He got two yeah. kids. He might as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and that was the hook. The hook was, we might as well just do it. Like yeah. that was the mm-hmm. sentiment of the conversation. We ain't getting no older and We're no younger. We ain't no younger. younger. And I'd never written with Jermaine in that space, right? Like him actually trying to sing a hook to me, mm-hmm. right? So it kind of threw me off when he started trying to sing the hook to me, and I'm like. Oh, we're we, we, we about to write the song now. Yeah. You'll know I mean? be like, okay. Yeah. And um, it was very intentional. We were like, okay, this we, this is going to be the, the, the marriage song, mm-hmm. right? So the song comes out, comes a hit. And then the remix was like a gift. Mm. You know what I mean? The remix, you know, uh, the guy who did the remix game, LaMarcus Jefferson, mm-hmm. who was signed to Jermaine. And I remember he was just in the back room working on it for no reason. Like, it, it wasn't like we... Um, you know, ordained it. We did a remix with Kanye. The original oh, wow. Let's Get Married remix is a remix with Kanye West. Really? Yeah. Did well, that so, was that leaked anywhere? It got leaked. You, you, you can find it's it. It's one of those YouTube shit. It's fine. So it's, it's well, Kanye's, I never knew that. It's Kanye's right. first time rapping as a guest on a major artist. How how did Kanye even get involved with that? Because well, Kanye had a song that's so so deaf. Kanye worked on Jermaine's uh uh Life in the Four, Life in Fourteen Seventy yeah. Two album, mm-hmm. and he worked on Harlem World. Him and Just Blaze did yeah. Harlem World, so he was already in the loop with Jermaine. Um, and so when we were doing uh, uh, Diane, this lady who worked with Jermaine named Diane McDonald, would send CDs over to Noontime. I was at Noontime with the twins working, mm-hmm. and she would send CDs over like, "Oh, you know, we want to pick one of these beats for a remix mm-hmm. because they had a deal with him." So they're like, "You know, let's try to get through this deal," mm-hmm. and. They picked a beat, and it was this hollow note sample called "Grounds of Separation," and um, and it had all the, like vocals and he this is before Blueprint, mm-hmm. so it had all the little mm. things that you yeah. know would you hear on Blueprint it had all those things in it. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were listening to the track, and we thought the track was really dope. But Twins were like, "I can't write to it with all these all the sample shit in yeah. there." Tell them to take you know. Can't see the sample out. So list. So we we do the remix, and then Diane's okay. Cool, Brian. I need you to go to Lil John had a studio and um used to have a studio off of South Cobb. <laughs> used to have a studio off of South Cobb, mm-hmm. and and you go to Lil John's studio and work with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, because you you know you're around the studio. So, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You go to the studio. Kanye got his ASR ten and his you know his Proteus and his NPC three of uh, two thousand. Mm-hmm. He set up and. He has a VS eighteen eighty. This is a this is a a VS eight eighty. I'm sorry. This is like a digital eight track Roland mm-hmm. used to make. Okay, right? and he's like, you know, talk, me talking. He's like, yo, man, you know, you're around the studio. I was like, yeah, like, yeah. He's like, man, I'm tell you the truth, man. I only make rec, I only make beats because I'm I'm trying to rap. 
I'm a rapper. I'm an mm-hmm. artist. I didn't ask for this information. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't. You know, we were, we were, yeah, we were there to do this one job. I was going to try to beat out and yeah. do overdubs. And I could just see you and him in there by yourselves. And he's like, you yeah. are really rap, right? No, like, and, okay. And, okay. And, and, <laughs> no, but he, he like, like it was me and him and the engineer. And he's yeah. like, yo, like for real, man, I'm, I'm an artist, man. I'm going to be bigger than Michael Jackson. He's like really talking this shit. That's right? crazy. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, he's like, man, I want to play you some shit. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. It's eight eighty. He plays what these skeletons would end up becoming these huge records down the line. Wow. He, we played. He had Jesus Walks already, a skeleton up, but he had you know what I mean. Wow, a lot of records that were that we hear. That he's still pulling from back there, right? You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of records that. Yeah. He had a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he would just be like, "Yeah, I'm telling you." And he was rapping. So then, <laughs> when we finished the overdub session, right? Mm-hmm. I called JD. He's like, "JD, this, this shit's finished. You know, we got to figure out who we're gonna put on it." You know, mm-hmm. Jermaine was like, "I got to figure out who we're gonna put on it." This is he hears us talking about the shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I know somebody." To put me. On it. He, didn't, he didn't say. He didn't <laughs> oh, say okay. me. He just said, "I got somebody." Uh huh. Like, cool. So we go to mix. Like we still ain't heard the verse, right? Yeah. But the mix session's at Jermaine's studio. So mm-hmm. I guess me and Jermaine go off to go do something, whatever. Come back, Kanye's verse is on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, we might as well keep it on there. It was hard. Yeah. We keep it on there. And we thought that was going to be the remix that we going to leave with. Mm-hmm. But in the other room, LaMarcus is making this mashup. Mm-hmm. It's like that, you know, mashup. And it's like, you submit both to the label. Columbia was like, "Oh, well, you know, this is obviously look, yeah, this, this is obviously the bigger, the yeah. bigger, mm-hmm. the bigger one. It's 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 not a whole it's not a whole different song. We took the acapella, just put it on. Yep, it's mm-hmm. like that. And of course, you get run on it, and then it's say no more on record. So, Lamarcus, you will never be getting a call from Yeezy ever again in your life. <laughs> I, I do want to hear this Kanye verse on it. If he says Mazel Tov on it, I just oh, think no. it's a full oh, circle moment. No. <laughs> Imagine he's, he ends his verse on Let's Get Married with Mazel Tov. I'm trying to remember. Did he say Mazel Tov? What, what, were, uh, what were his views on the Jewish community at that time? Um, I yeah, look. Uh, but to Justin's point of you guys never being married, now that I'm looking at these lyrics, this is looks like it's set up for divorce. Like, we might as well just do it. That's probably not the best way to go into yeah, marriage. Yeah, he's just like, yo, <laughs> huh, might as well just do this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, uninspired. He said, meet me at meet the me altar. altar. Like, your white me... dress, <laughs> wig, you know, younger girl, we might as well just do it. Uh, it's, it's nasty work. Yeah. Terrible. And then on top of that, you're, talking, you're telling a girl she's getting old. Like, that's already yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Are you you kind of classic asshole. fucking record. It's ghetto, just some ghetto shit. It, it worked. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just some ghetto. It worked. You know it how many worked. how many people you know that been you know that's been with a lady for eight years and got three kids? They ain't you know ain't even talking about ain't even talking about marriage. He just all, in the, all house. the kids, but the Vibes. kids the kids got the dad last name. Yeah, no you know engagement ring. Don't know just saying vibes. Vibes. Been together ten years. Yeah, kids. Sabrina Sabrina Johnson. Yeah, yeah, but her kids last name. Brown, yeah, it's like your Browns. You, you, you ain't you ain't part of the family yeah, yet. Go marry that girl, man. Stop doing that. Stop man. doing don't, that, don't man. Go ahead and marry her, dog. Make man. it official, dog. Yeah, make That's it official. Funny. This is really about an arranged marriage, is what you're trying to Absolutely. say. Absolutely, <laughs> it's funny, but no, but it's like, but it's, it's interesting because after that, it became like a trend. I wasn't even trying to become like the married guy trend, yeah, it just ended up becoming a trend because I did a little most record, and then yeah, that was a conversation that we were having, and I was like, well, we did it with. From a guy's perspective, let's do it from a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she, she, we wrote forever. And then that record is now a 
a thing. It's a trend. It's something that's played at every wedding. It's something that, you know, mm-hmm. so it was like, and then so we're like, wait, well, might as well keep going. And we do to me a still, which yeah. you got, you know, country artists are remaking that song. It's mm-hmm. become like, you know, if you look, if I look at my statement, you know, mm-hmm. those three songs are like probably definitely the top 10 of my like top performance songs. Like, What's your favorite song that you've written and produced? Like one question. that you just like, and then let me change it. What's your personal favorite song that you've written and produced that most people didn't kind of gravitate toward, like you thought they would? Oh, you know what? I did a song for early on. I did a song for uh, my guys as a group called Ideal. Ideal and I did a song yeah. for them called Creep In. That mm, I thought meet me at the Creep In. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be a. Big You've been a record. sick nigga for a long time. Like, I see, we the, see, we around the same man. You a little older, but I was outside for creeping, nigga. Yeah, like, I was yeah, young, but I yeah. was outside. You a sick nigga, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> creeping, I thought was going to be because we were coming off of uh, Get Gone, and Get Gone was a big record. Yeah, um, creeping. I just, I love that song. I love the, the the sample. I thought, you know, it was like the first time the twins and uh, and Jonte actually did a song together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Being the twins did the hook, and Jonte wrote the verses. I was really hyped about this song like this yeah. song was gonna be crazy and it did you know it did okay but it didn't really yeah because we i think they put it out version put it out too soon after get gone get gone was still still, was really, still cooking on fire at yeah. the time uh, um but creepin's one i would say one of my favorite songs i've produced um or co-produced would be you got a bad mm-hmm. you got a bad it's just yeah. sounds like something yeah i could just to me, it was very, very different. Um, we 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 listen to all the songs that that we made on him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, and granted, I mean, Confessions is huge. Burn, I mean, these records are big, you know. Yeah. But it's just something about that particular song. His vocal, there's no harmonies. Vocals, he's, 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 he's he's singing straight. There are no harmonies in that record. I just yeah. thought about it. I didn't, I he's didn't singing, notice it till now. Singing mm-hmm. straight down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just one vocal sitting on top of about six sounds. How many you know women I mean? you lied to and said that you wrote that about them? You got a bad? Yeah. Uh, Just a. I've yeah. never told anybody. Over, I wrote, under. I've never told anybody that I wrote that song about them. Um, I always tell the truth about that song because I, I was so. You look open. like you say I wrote a song about you. Got to listen and guess which one it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. You got to yeah, leave it open ended. Yeah, you got to guess yeah, which yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it gets, me back. it gets your streams <laughs> up too. <laughs> because every tell a bitch, text me back. Let me know which one you think it is. No, the one thing about that song, I was that process. I was so amazed at how we finished talking about something and then the very next hour we had this song mm-hmm. and it was like this song mm-hmm. and, and that's something that a lesson that just stuck with me forever like to this day like I have to talk to the artist mm-hmm. I have to talk what are you going through what do you what do you want to talk about mm-hmm. what's what's happening in your life mm-hmm. I know something happening right mm-hmm. who you seeing right what the nigga do right what, you know what I mean like yeah. the whole the whole situation I got to have the conversation because in every in every situation I could point at in in any songs I've been a part of, when you have the conversation, mm-hmm. it like be without you was a conversation. It was mm-hmm. like literally we got a call from Jimmy Iovine, mm-hmm. and Jimmy's like, "I need a rhythmic record like this, right?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, what does she want to talk about?" Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Okay, we're gonna get you know get Mary and him on the phone, so Mary can do Chris. We all get on the phone, Ajante, and they tell us what they what they want." Mm-hmm. you know, to talk about. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it and we literally did, I mean, I did the track, literally, you got, uh, I mean, Be Without You, that track happened in like between eight to ten minutes because I was just trying to get the idea wow. down. That's and wild. I called John Taylor, I was like, yo, man, I got I got, I got this idea. You, like, 
come to the studio. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He said, play it for me on the phone. So I played him the eight bars of the phone. And he was like, all right, I'm on the way. Got to the studio. The song was written. And oh, Jante, sick, Jante's man. a beast. Oh, That's one of the greatest sick. writers ever. Jante oh, Austin, yeah, he human. You have to be a sick no, human no, being I, to be I, a great I, writer. I, I, no, 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 no. He's no, one no. of the people that I want his verses done over like, no, in no, a, no. In a, in a, in a like a, in a space, a theater. Yeah, mm. it, it doing like that on that IG shit, shit wasn't. wasn't yeah, like, no, it didn't do either justice. of them justice. No. You don't understand. I was I wa- the first time I ever watched this man write a song. Mm. Like he gets in the booth, right? No pen and paper. No, nah. none. Gets a glass of wine. He has a little mm-hmm. wine thing. Oh, yeah. He does. Mm-hmm. Starts swirling. Oh man, <laughs> yes, all of his thoughts in that yeah. glass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drink your thoughts, yeah, the swirling the emotions butt, around. Button up on, <laughs> all the way to the top. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. writing like a song in slacks is hilarious. Yeah. Suit on, yeah. real. Johnson put a suit on. Suit on, he's like, like, getting yeah. low, man. But then he gets in this. He gets here's the beat. Maybe two minutes the beats plays. He's like, all right, cool. Load me up. So he's just. Singing things that aren't sentences, and it's like, what are these? What what, what is mm-hmm. he singing? Mm-hmm. And then he'll go, All right, cool, record this again. And he's like, keep that. And then he'll now he'll do something that seems like a verse. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, wait, where did that what, come from? What what is he writing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you're like, all right, cool. Then now he's gonna do another take, and he's doing something that seems like one half of the chorus. Mm-hmm. But the first thing that he recorded was the answer to the chorus. Ah, okay. No, it's crazy. Like, he writes in like, it's wild, bro. I yeah. ain't never seen him like it. It makes sense in his head and then at the end, it all makes sense. Yeah. Like, all of us. It's like, yo, this man is crazy. Yeah. And he quick. Showing up to write in the suit is, is oh, like... No, that's his, that's his flow. Yeah. I mean, Johnson's, Johnson's a gentleman. Even yeah. if he's in like... like Dressed down, yeah. He's got the button-up jeans, hard bottom. Yeah. He's hard yeah. bottom. You know what I mean? Like he's hard bottom with hard the jeans. Bottoms. You from a different era. Yeah. <laughs> you seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> when you wear the hard bottoms with the jeans, yeah. you, just, yeah. you just kick it. Like yeah. Yo, yeah. you like, come to the homie crib with hard bottoms on <laughs> yeah. some jeans. I'm like, yo, where he on? That's, like, his, that's his dress down day. Yeah, yeah, like yo, we just chilling in it. The just game chilling. is coming yeah. on. Like, yeah, yeah, chilling. Jante, Jante is a he's a different. He's different. Yeah. This a this a mix of writers and producers in Atlanta. I was talking to uh, JD about when we, I was at the studio last. Like, y'all have a real interesting group of producers, songwriters yeah. in Atlanta. And I was like, yo, JD, do y'all all really fuck with each other? Or is it like some secret? Like, because I know y'all got the group chats outside of the group chat. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, one yeah, of sure. them niggas ain't in this group chat. Like, <laughs> but he and the other one, and he talking <laughs> about a record, and y'all all go to the other one. He not in. Like, yo, what he talking about? Like, <laughs> I think just even that, I even having the concept of the group chat, the Atlanta producers group chat. I think that in itself is insane. It's some special shit. That's mm. crazy. You, you know, even if it's like a couple of group chats, right? Yeah. The fact that at at some point in my phone right now, there's a chat with me, JD, Polo, Tricky, Jante. You know, there, there's a there's, there, there is a chat. That's crazy. You know what I mean? That Sean Garrett. There's a chat that we're all. That's crazy. In, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is some amazing shit and just in general. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, that we all have, you know, Dallas. Like, you know, like you might go to Jermaine's house. You know, we, we went to go watch the game at Jermaine's house one night, the playoff game, and Dallas just pulls up and we just over there. You know, yeah. Me, Dallas, and Jonte, and, you know, Jermaine. Look and, at yeah. the, you know what I mean? The Avengers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the Avengers. Yeah, but it's just like a thing. It's kind of like... You know, I think that's what's the the most special thing about. Well, you can't call it the Atlanta producer group chat unless Amaretta's in there. 
and verify yeah, who's, you gotta verify where who, you're from. Like what what part of Georgia is Dallas Austin really from? And his name's Dallas. He's like we gotta park. we gotta check his He's resume. From College Park. From College Park. That's not Atlanta, according it's to not her. Atlanta, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Well, let me tell you funny though. You hear that, Jermaine. If you talk to <laughs> if you talk to JD, he'll he he actually would say, You're right. We 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 started Atlanta. Yeah. Jermaine, Jermaine, we're arguing with you. Wow. Jermaine would say College Park started Atlanta. Well, JD told me he was from Brooklyn at Pergola yesterday, yeah. so I don't oh, know. <laughs> he, lived, he lived in Brooklyn yeah, for four years. Oh, oh, he said, no, I'm really from Brooklyn. I was I'm like, I Brooklyn. never knew that. Yeah. But he made a I good point. I ain't check your Wikipedia though. page. He made a good uh, point. And I think he was saying in the Welcome to Atlanta video, they didn't show College Park. No, they didn't. No, he, he, didn't, he didn't film a college park. No, yeah. he, they, no, they did go to College Park. They went to uh, World Changers. They went to um, okay. uh, Creflo's Church. Uh, he said he didn't. So either he lied or was yeah, it he was he remember. Was it Welcome to Atlanta he was talking about? Yeah. Either yeah. he lied or you're lying. Yeah, in, in the in the <laughs> check the group chat. And no, in the original video, in the video with him and Ludacris, the original yeah. version. Yeah. They went to World Changes. World Changes is a, is a college park. Okay. Oh, so JD, he must have forgot that though. But they but they didn't go to like the hood. They didn't okay. go like to like Yeah. No, him and Justice had an amazing conversation about who's from Atlanta, what part is Atlanta like, and then like Rory said, they keep looking at me and, and Rory like we we can like vouch like, like bro, he's like yo, did you, like Justice like did you hear what he just said? I'm like Justice, I don't bro. know what Cobb is, yeah, no, <laughs> Cobb County, I couldn't it. tell you what none of that shit is. All of that is Atlanta to me. JD brought up Gwinnett, and I was like, I don't know her. He's <laughs> yeah. like, yo, why are you looking at me for ver- verification? He, that that's his one though. He loved he loved he loved the shit on Gwinnett. <laughs> Jermaine always talking about Gwinnett. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jermaine lives in not Atlanta. Well, I mean, he's rich. I, he should probably move he's out of there. He's from Springs. Yeah, it's like, come on, my guy. Um, we, we had a, a, a same night, a same night, same city thing that we do on the show where it's kind of like verses, but we like, if it's you're in your city and these two artists have a show tonight, mm-hmm. which show do you go to? Mm. And I brought up Scissor or Summer Walker. Well, contractually, they both yeah. have to go to the summer, summer one. <laughs> We're going to summer's concert. Yeah, bro, summer's concert. I'm, I'm, okay, take your take your business hats off and your <laughs> your affiliations off, just as a fan. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a bigger summer fan. Yeah, I'm a bigger summer fan. Scissors. Okay, I'm, I agree too. Yeah. Specifically, I like Scissor. I, 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 I love Scissor. I really, I, I'm still I really no, try, to, try to clean really it up. Enjoy her new album. Huh? Try you to clean it album up. Is crazy. I'm not gonna clean up. I'm fucking with you. Her new album is insane. Yeah, Scissor's new album is insane. Overall, I just I just like some. First of all. I met Summer around the time she signed them. Mm-hmm. Right, actually, right, right, right before they were, because the because the, the story I got was the other Summer Walker. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I met her through. She was mad. The other Summer Walker was, was managing, managing Summer Walker. Yeah. Yeah. We initially thought it was the other Summer Walker. Yeah. We was like, she making music. Yeah, yeah. this shit is hard. Which would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, think about that. Like um, if that was her voice. So I remember. I mean, I met Archer, mm-hmm. and I remember them playing me the music. And then I started following her on Instagram. And then Chris was telling me, you gotta pay that Chris, like, you gotta pay attention to this girl. This girl is really like mm-hmm. fire. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I just like her. Mm-hmm. Like just her perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The 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 wow shit she on. Mm-hmm. I just like everything about who she is as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like through and through. I wanna ask uh, Justice specifically. Age old debate, eighty seven oh one versus confessions. What's a better album? Confessions. Hmm. You ain't even think about that. No, I didn't, not or at all. you already thought about that and knew the answer. No, I mean, it's like 8701 was great, but like Confessions was like, especially when Yeah happened. Yeah, yeah. just a moment. Like, yeah, it was a crazy. How, where I was, I mean, I was like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. That shaped my mm-hmm. viewpoint of yeah. like R&B. I'm like, oh, it's You left it. that on your voicemail. Yeah, this is it. 
Yeah. That's an aggressive voicemail. I didn't have a voicemail, but you, just- <laughs> <laughs> you never had a voicemail with the record on it. Not till I was like fifteen. Okay. But you gotta understand, Justin and I come from the era where we would have the ringtone, and then also when you call, we could put yeah. a song instead yeah. of hearing the ringer. Yeah. Like we from yeah. that era, we not really the voicemail. Like play a song and say leave it after the beat. Yeah. I used to really think about what I was gonna play in my voicemail. 100%. Now I have, I've never, I haven't activated my voicemail on my phone. You in can't probably leave a voicemail on my phone. Yeah, no. I used to really, really like. Really try to curate the proper. Yeah, like, you had week, to. The shit was going to be next week. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did I, you, you know, only use songs you wrote? Yeah, well, I'm talking. I'm talking. <laughs> about, right, it's funny. I'm talking about when I was. Yeah. Before I was like, you yeah. know, a favorite songwriter. Uh, I was. Uh, well, like when you were in high school writing high for, school. for Destiny's Child. But I would do. I would do. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I would do. I used to do stupid shit in Crazy. high school though too. Like, I used to do, mm. like singing telegrams like in school. Like if you came to the class and you saw a keyboard set up. Some roses. You was about to get a singing telegram. So I used to make, that's how I used to hustle. Making oh, wow. That's what, smart. How old were you when you lost your virginity? Huh? If you was doing that in high school, you lost your virginity at what, 12, 13? <laughs> <laughs> no, what I, nah, This um, nigga got some no, of the greatest ears on the planet. He said, huh? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you heard him? Nah, nah, nah. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was later. It was later. 14? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was later. Uh, <laughs> it was later. Yeah, um, it to myself. Our guy Julian had, I thought, an amazing question for you, B. Fuck, Mary, kill. Confessions, Emancipation of Mimi, or The Breakthrough? Mary Confessions. Nothing about that album is about marriage. But I'm saying, <laughs> I'm fucking. Yeah, for me, if I if I'm if I'm going to marry an album, yeah, forever. That motherfucker got twenty million. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm marrying. You, te- you tell you confessions. <laughs> we might as well just do it. Yeah. Uh. uh yeah, Mary, Mary Confessions, uh, fuck Emancipation, kill, break them. Yeah, I'm yeah. there. Yeah. Fucking Emancipation. It's a tough one. Wow. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Justice, fuck Mary, kill, free black. Hmm. Over it. What would be the third there? Oh, I'm going to really put you on the spot. Boogie's album. Which one? This last one. Okay, so fuck Mary Kill. Fuck Mary Kill. Over it. Free black. Free black or more black superheroes. Mm. Uh, That's tough. Damn. As a fan or as an executive? As justice. As a fan or as an executive? No, like as you. As Tony Starks. <laughs> as, a as a fan or as an executive? Yeah, as Tony Starks. You Tony Starks. I wonder <laughs> um As a fan, I'm going to go, I'm going to marry Free Black. I'll fuck over it, and I have to kill Boogie's album. That's crazy. Yeah. He finally got vulnerable, opened up <clears throat> his therapy album, You Want to Kill? Mm. It's yeah. not going to do well for his mental health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's my answer. Yeah. 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 I fought with the toxicity now. Uh, over it or still over it? As a fan or as an executive? Oh my god. Both. Give me both. Tony Starks. Not as the Iron Man. As a fan? As a fan over it. Yeah. As an executive, still over it. As a fan over it, as an executive, still over it. Yeah. Why? Marketing y'all did behind still over it was was insane. As an executive. That was hard. Yeah. That was hard. As an executive, I mean. I mean They broke it in Harlem, right? Didn't they get get the box up? Didn't they break the glass uh in in Harlem? Harlem? Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, but leave it, it to a nigga from seventh to break that glass. <laughs> <laughs> nigga from seventh, I, I told y'all, yeah, make the that first, the last that stop. The first yeah, because that nigga yeah. gonna break that for yeah. real. Um, but yeah, as an executive, because it's just like, like I said, like, but you were you were with me. Yeah, when we were trying to finish that album, I mean, yeah. they broke up mid album. Yeah, like the shit that I had to go through to finish that album. Ooh. But it was such a. I remember because I remember you hit me. I was like, bro, this album, yo, they wait, and because it was such a real. The fans were going through a real. I think we was together when yeah. she posted the video, and and you was like, "Yo, dog, I woke up, I had to deal with all." I said, "No, mm-hmm. I said justice. This you couldn't ask for anything better than this. Yeah. It's fucked up because she's going through some real shit. Dead yeah. mm-hmm. ass. But this yeah. is in real time. Like this is happening right now. As the, mm-hmm. the album's being made. as the album's <clears throat> pretty much. She was like, what, two songs away from being done with the album? No. Well, when we were talking, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, it's fucked up, but, but it it's tough. like it was tough. Was Fifth Baby Mama that was, done already, or that was after? Well, no, that was the last song. That was the last. He song. was, I was there tonight. The she, she wrote it. Right, wow. and she laid it down. I was like, yeah. Oh, wow. first of all, I want to start off. I should have. Your mama should have beat yeah. your ass. I was like, Ooh. wait, you witnessed her just bar him up? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> she was in the other room writing, and then she had laid it down. And then I came That's like being in the studio when like, Pac made hit him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. She barred, she barred London to death on that First song. First of all, your mama should have whooped your ass. Yeah. I said, oh my God. And I was, that album was so tough, man. Like, because her and London are so good musically together. Oh, yeah. 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 And to break up in the middle of it and just leave me in the middle of no man's land. Yeah. Wow. And then I'm I'm burning through cash every single day. Yeah. Cause I got London this crazy house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm saying he's comfortable. She says she ain't recording no more till I get that motherfucker out. Wow. And he's like, bro, we have an agreement. <laughs> like, yeah. It was it was tough. It and was, how it was tough. It was how tough. do publishing splits, they're already difficult. How do publishing splits happen in the middle of also a breakup? I had to handle everything. I, had wow. to, I literally had to maneuver the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I had to maneuver their personal relationship in terms of like speaking through me. And then the creative part of it, yeah, and the business part of it, like it was a really tough album to make. Like a divorce attorney. Yeah, it was. T- it was a. That was the toughest thing, but it made me made me a better executive. That's why when you asked, I was like, "When was the last time?" Because of course you had to choose summer in the divorce. I mean, you was there from Absolutely. the beginning. When was the last time you saw London? What's that relationship like? I saw him at the Rock Nation brunch. Okay, we don't speak. Mm. You and London don't speak at all. No, he don't. He acts like I don't exist. I feel him. I do. Why? I I saw him with you when he pressed me about more, and that was after the breakup. That's that's I, I was nutty, not there. First of all, yeah, you br- I went to the studio with you for <laughs> when when Puff was trying to steal all y'all sauce. Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, <laughs> yo! I, I don't know what you're talking about. See, that's why you can't, <laughs> see, you can't take the white boy and serve him. <laughs> shit like you were supposed yeah. to leave that in the studio, my brother. We have the edit button. I yeah, was, no. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was cool with, with you at that point, and we, we can't take all that out. When? When uh me and you went when Puff was doing the Love Valentine's Day album, where were we? What are you talking about? In L.A. Oh, that was after the breakup, no? Was it? Oh, they might have broke up before that and got back together. That might have been one of those. No, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, it was one of those. They had broken up, and that was it. Okay. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a fit. Yeah, it wasn't official because that was that was before the baby, before she had the baby. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, no, no. After the breakup, no, nah, he he don't he don't speak to me. Uh, just, I, I get it, I understand. Mm. But well, I, I finally met him. Yeah. Like we, I was like, "What's up, man?" Because you know he's uh, working with Saint now. 
Yeah. So I met him last. The song summer. they have is hard. Yeah. They got a, they got a few joints that yeah. they that they doing together. So I finally met. Him. I thought it was funny. The, the Rory situation. Like yeah. Now he asked me about you. Like yo, what's up with your boy? Liking someone's pictures and all. I, I'm just a summer fan, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, a fan. I mean, you flew to Toronto for the show though. It was a good show. I, yeah, you were a great show. Great night. Great audience. Yeah. Greatest. He came to support there. me, man. Yeah, my guy. That's what. That's what you think you did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm just the whole night. That was me and yeah. my boy. My I know because he was with Summer. No, no. <laughs> Here you go. I, I, actually, I've never even met Summer. I don't think. You met her that night at the studio in Atlanta. Oh yeah, I did. Four baby mama night. Yeah. Yeah, but that was like. Uh, it was a different meet. She yeah. was a different zone, yeah. headspace. Yeah. So she it was like, hey, how you doing? And I kept it moving. Like, yeah. Yeah. She ain't fuck with nothing, nothing. nobody moving. No. She was, yeah. she was tough. Yeah. But nah, it's just, um, yeah, man. Shout out to, shout, shout out to my boy, London. Um, an actual serious question, Justice. With mm-hmm. Summer specifically and, and just us now seeing how much the music business can affect artists, their anxiety, their depression, how much this really fucks you up. How have you been able to manage personalities outside of just business, dealing with artists that have social anxiety, can't come outside, and how does that fuck with your mental health? Because at, at that point, you can't even have feelings. Like You just get serious? Yeah. Sounds it's like just a, therapy bag. Sounds like, yeah. <laughs> is your, like, your, your evolved Rory? I mean, no, I'm, I'm not evolved. <laughs> okay, cool. This is Dr. Oz bag right this now. Is, um, this is my let's get married where I'm saying good <laughs> things, but I'm not really going to say because I know uh, what's really underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like... For real though, that's been a, a huge thing with Summer specifically <clears throat> with the fans. Like yeah. she has this crazy social anxiety shit. People either get upset with her or support her over it. As an exec, how do you balance both of those things? I think it's nothing new. I think I think it's just different because now people have words for these things. Mm-hmm. Like narcissist, gaslight, anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like I said, like. How and not to compare, but like you know, what would what have, what would have Twitter have looked like if Whitney Houston had one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Bobby Brown had Twitter, like right. it looked nuts, yeah. right? I think, but that's what makes good artists, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. they are dealing with something that they know how to just put in the music that mm-hmm. resonates. Um, now, how do I maneuver it? I think the hardest part is letting the artists know that they're not crazy. Yeah, no, I think for me, the hardest part is navigating with the actual artists mm-hmm. to like, you know, like let them know um, that like, you know, don't take other people's perspectives to heart. Everybody wants an opinion. Everybody wants to feel like something is going to trigger you or be able to say that. So I think that's the hardest part is really just making the artist feel comfortable mm-hmm. and creating a, a safe space for them to express themselves. But because, um, man, the fans are so mean to artists, bro. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. fucking awful. Yeah, it's just like, yo, like they're giving you music, mm-hmm. like they're giving you a piece of their soul, mm-hmm. and it just shit on them all brick. You came outside with a yeah. brick, oh, your career's done. You fell off. Yeah. I'm like Jesus wow. Christ. Like wow. you're supposed <laughs> to champion your artists and push them to, so you get you get more. It's just like the quality of life is made better with better music, mm-hmm. but then. You know, you want to just tell them they fell off. Like yeah. they're yeah. for sure gonna fall off. Yeah, like if you if they believe it, yeah. they're yeah. for sure gonna fall off. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough. And I mean, in, in this era, it's so crazy because you know, back in the nineties, you couldn't just tell an artist that. Yeah, even if you felt it. You yeah, know, if you you bought you bought a CD, you know, what I mean, you know, you thought the CD was whack. You couldn't go to like 
Twitter and say this yeah. is trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to just some people, some people. It may sell through a hundred thousand copies before you realize the album is yeah. not good. You yeah. know what I mean? Now you drop. They, they it ain't been out an hour. They're like, Twitter, nah, this ain't social it. Media, TikTok, it's not an hour. Frisbee. Yeah. yeah. Like, with, uh, hour <laughs> it's also easier to listen to music you wouldn't listen to or care about. Right. So you have more negative comments. Like before you went out, I have $12. Right. I'm going to get this CD because I really am interested in this. Now yeah. I could pull up any song if I feel like putting a comment on wow. fucking a YouTube page. Yeah. yeah. Or open a Spotify album of an artist I probably wouldn't listen to, but I see that's what everyone's talking about on the timeline. So let me go listen to it for free. Yeah. Mm. Now I have an opinion about something I shouldn't have an opinion about because I wouldn't have liked it to begin with. Also, mm. majority of people shouldn't just have an opinion on music. I mean, you can't across the board. I guess it's just the value of the, of the opinion. Wow. You can have a shitty opinion about an album if you, you care specifically about it. Then you should have a, a valid opinion. You know what? I, like, I, I'm like a Twitter troll and like I go like look on like, well, not troll, but stalker. Like I, I go look at like certain people that like have negative opinions about albums and yeah. music or whatever, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I go look at their profile and their photos and like what their living room looks like and like, <laughs> like how they like wear their like their clothes and everything. I'm just like, yo, like mm-hmm. you of all people can't have an opinion on music, <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. on taste, you have yeah, no taste on taste, yeah, right? Like a lot, no. of, y- a lot of y'all don't have no taste buds. All right, first of all, that's at not all. that's not fair because. The artists on your roster sell crazy. That's okay for an artist that has like a niche cliche fan base. Not every one of Summer Walker's fans have taste in putting their apartment I together. I think Black has like a you niche, can't you can't do that. You can't base. only want people that have quote unquote good taste to listen. To no, to music. have an opinion. Yeah, the only they, way the only way you can have an opinion or a valid opinion and my or credible opinion is you number one have spent enough time with something and number two to where you have a vast amount of um, experiences with other sounds or other music to be able to compare because you can't mm-hmm. compare something putting too much you... responsibility on art that's supposed to just be talked about. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like it's like me having uh, it's like me at 12 years old having um, an opinion on Blueprint too. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> like it's flying over my head. Yeah, I know I like H to the Izzo because it's yeah. easy for me to understand. But like that's it. Like it's just like you have to like. You have to go through certain things to be able to have a real things. opinion. Yeah. And I'm just like, I get it, but like... I mean, I guess in the valid fans. opinion area, <laughs> that, but everyone that <laughs> listens to it is entitled to yeah, opinion. fuck them. It just, there's no value to the opinion. Yeah, you can't say someone them. that doesn't put their apartment together well shouldn't be able to talk about a summer walker. When you're, when you're on the Twitter timeline and you've come across one of these pages, what are the identifying factors that you're looking for that validates their opinion? Um... Cool pants. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, I think you. For me, first thing, I, I, I go through, I go through the timeline, and I just see like, do they, do they even read books? Like, <laughs> like, do they have thoughts that that are their original thoughts? Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then I already know that like you're already like controlled in a way. Mm. So like, your opinion is not even like a real opinion. Yeah. So, and that's like 99% of people. All they do is just take other people's tweets and just sure. retweet them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, y'all are not even real people. <laughs> Yo, see, y'all not even real. Like, are like, y'all even human? Like, like, like wait, y'all are somebody in there? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I agree with them, though. Yeah. No, no, I, f- I understand what you're saying. It, it takes, I think, for, for, for people to connect to certain R&B, uh, especially R&B, I think that it takes a certain type of 
experience. Like yeah. you said, it takes a certain type of um, just style. Like you, you know when somebody is going to connect. Like if you go to a Sabrina Claudio show, you can mm-hmm. kind of you know what the audience is kind of sort of going to look mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Yeah. Or a summer show, you know what the audience is kind of mm-hmm. sort of going to look like. You're going to show. show. Yeah, yeah, like you're going to yeah. know like, okay, these are the, because this is who Black is talking right, to. Like yeah. they, they, they've been through some of these same experiences. Mm-hmm. They like some of the same things. Um, What's one of the artists that y'all have worked with when y'all went to their live show, y'all were actually surprised to see like a different fan base there. Like I never would have thought that these type of people would be at this show. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I've had that. I think it's all been pretty spot on for me. Like artists that I work with or just like an artist in general? Uh both. Well, artists in general, when I went to um I mean it was like actually like when I went to the like the weekends first show yeah. and I was just like I know what he's talking about mm-hmm. I actually know what he's talking about because right. I'm doing it with him as yeah, the music yeah. is playing yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like I'm living this I'm shit. living this yeah. life yeah. I've, I've taken and, that pill yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and I, I look out that. and I look out in the audience and it's just like you too yeah like, I'm like ain't no like, way do you see me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all look at each other like yeah we're here yeah. Like, yeah. Ain't no, and, and honestly too like Honestly, too, SZA, too. She, SZA. Um, she, her fans are a lot more other girls. Like, yeah. you know, like, not say other girls, but I'm trying to think of, like, the best way to, like, Taylor Swift fans will be at a SZA concert. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. But I get it, I too. think she, I think she showed us that with this last yeah. album. Yeah. Yes. Like, I remember, because, uh, and I, I tell the, uh, the crew all the time, like, us being on tour and some of these albums that came out, I'll never forget where we were at when these albums dropped. So yeah. we were in Seattle when this is album came out and I'm in the hotel room and I'm listening to it. I thought it jumped into another album. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I'm like, yo, this is Scissor. Like, this sounds like- Some Avril Lavigne shit. Yeah, like yeah. Avril Lavigne. Like, what the fuck is- Like, this is what she- And I was just like, not only does it sound, sound amazing, but it's like, oh, she's in her MTV TRL. Yeah. Like she wants that, mm-hmm. and it's authentic. It, did, it didn't feel like it was something that she was trying yeah, to try. Yeah, it wasn't it forced. Like, it felt yeah. natural. And I mean, look at where she's at with yeah. eight, nine weeks, number yeah. one. Yeah, shout out to Scissor. Pivot out of music with trains blowing up, Chinese balloons. Do either of you have a favorite conspiracy theory? <laughs> um, I live conspiracy, but it's, <laughs> give me your top top five. For, that for are me, it's not conspiracy. conspiracy. It's like it's truth to me. <laughs> and that's what's wrong with conspiracy. <laughs> Like it's just like, yeah. like no, 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 it's dead ass real. It's real. Like, it's dead ass real. So what? What's your favorite uh, one they deem a conspiracy? Um, I mean, well, I mean, let's we can talk about Fauci and the vaccines. If you want to yeah, go there, COVID. I don't know if you want to go there. I would like to, but I want to monetize our YouTube video. Yeah, so let's not. <laughs> yeah, they put a, yeah. they will stop all your money if yeah, you say yeah, literally the vaccine yeah, was wrong. True. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy. It's nuts. Like, wow, that in itself is conspiracy, right yeah. there. The fact yeah, that of you, course, yeah. You, if you say something, if you say it, yeah. If, if you say, say anything, anything, if you say COVID and bleep this out, I'm serious. Keep this part, but bleep out the word COVID. If you say COVID <laughs> on Instagram, they'll put the little link, no matter oh, yeah, what, at absolutely. all. And YouTube will demonetize some of your shit. Wow. If it's on text on a post, like I worked a record when I was at Atlantic called Vaccine, and when we were posting the artwork for it. 
it would say CDC facts checks about wow not even audible I, audio I think you might even be too deep now where like this video is not gonna get monetized yeah we gotta stop, Let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> I think even the the, the talk about it is, this yeah. three minutes it's, it's <laughs> done and you know what's hilarious they put the CDC fact check thing on all the posts right and then the CDC came out last month was like yo we was lying about bro all the they backtracked everything yo <laughs> they backtracked everything you put something on my post that said it was facts and now you're saying it's not facts bro listen I was saying this when all of this shit was happening and people were killing me for it yeah, and I'm yeah. like, bro, yeah, just you, yeah, because you put sense. money bags after it. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw Maul tweet something about Biden today and put money bags. In it. No, because he sent 500 million. Yeah. To you. you didn't think that was on brand? He just sent 500 million to Ukraine. Yeah, that deserves some money. So money bag emoji. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Money bag. They got, they got the bag. It yeah. is funny for Maul to be like, yo, don't get vaccinated. Money bag. Money, money bag. bag. <laughs> I mean, if you want to keep getting this money, don't get like. But we could obviously clean all that up. Um, I save it for Patreon. <laughs> the deal that the the deal that you made with with LVRN, mm-hmm. how did because y'all are really friends, family, mm-hmm. y'all 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 came up together. How did you feel? What was the the energy like uh, after the deal was done? Um, and how from where LVRN started? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see it being what it is today? Yes and no. I think that specifically I was just, I knew that it was going to be something that I archived or I architected in my brain, but how it shaped mm-hmm. was kind of its own form. I had, I had kind of no control over it. Mm-hmm. Like I knew what I was going to do was going to be successful, how successful or when it was going to be the most successful that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Let's just kind of just stay down, right? That was just the mentality. So let's just stay down. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just do the work. Um, um, the feeling of, you know, post-signing deal and, you know, check clears is definitely like, yo, I. <laughs> the first thing that I think we text each other in the group chat was like, yo, I need more of this. Hmm. Like, I need more. Mm-hmm. Like, we ain't even really did nothing yet. That's crazy to say. We ain't even did. Wow. Like, we haven't really done anything. Like, we've been lucky a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, like, I want a real run. Yeah. Like, I want one of them nasty, like, the Motown runs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yo, this, like, what kind of money this, this nigga invent music? Yeah. Like, it's real. Like, yeah, like, I want one of them type runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Now we have the opportunity to, Go get cocks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to be in the being the being the in the conversation of signing competitive artists. Yes. Right? Like we had to like grow all of all, all of all of our artists from nothing. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like we don't have to work as hard. Not to say we don't have to work as hard, but we can like we can throw ourselves in the in the pool of, you know, superstars as well. Yeah. What? I need one of them. Mm-hmm. We need one of them back. What what do you think you would prefer more in that regard? Marketing and grabbing some of those superstars or starting again the way you guys did with Black and Summer where it's zero zero views to a billion? Yeah, I've already done it. So uh, I want to just grab one of them. You just want to, <laughs> you just want to be the Yankees. Yeah, we did let's that. just buy, let's yeah. just buy yeah. up every superstar. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard work. It's yeah. hard work. It's hard work. And you got to understand, like I was 18, 17, 19 when like that was like 
kind of like coming about. Yeah, yeah. I was living it, mm-hmm. right? Like now I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate that honesty because yeah. most people, especially on a media room, be like, yeah, it's, that's that's the thing I love the most yeah. starting there. I watched Neil Brennan and Dave Chappelle say every question, would you guys do Chappelle show again? No, it was, it was hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Like my life was completely fucked up during that entire time. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll just go fucking host SNL, yeah. do Radio City. Like, I worked this hard so I would never have to do Chappelle show again. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate that. Honestly, most people don't say that. They're like, nah, that was the worst thing ever. Happened. Yeah, no, it's like... It fucking ruined my life of trying to get someone from zero to here. Um, doing that shit again. Sharing Taco Bell. <laughs> right. I'm no. Cool. <laughs> uh, no, we'll do that no more. JD, JD told me that... Well, they got the 10-pack with they all They got the, the box, yeah. yeah. It's nasty. Get more artists, more tacos. Um, JD told me that the guy that he looked up to was uh Barry Gordy. Yeah, he wanted to be more. He wanted to be Barry Gordy. Who is the the guy that you looked to and was like, I want to do that? Um, for me, there was there was a couple of people. Um, naturally, you look at like a Quincy Jones or a Rick Rubin. You say, hey, you know, I love the the, the Rick Rubin. Uh, six, what was it, sixty minutes? Yeah, yeah. I love that. He was like, I don't know how to play an instrument. Yeah. But I have taste. Yeah, he yeah. said he got vibes. That's yeah. really what he said. Vibes. <laughs> he said I know, I, I know it's good when I hear it. Exactly. Um, um, if I had to pick a trajectory, it would be like a Rick Rubin tra- 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 trajectory because of he's done everything. He's been able to touch a little bit of Johnny everything. Johnny Cash. From Public Enemy, Johnny Cash is like insane. Ill, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then in my specific genre that I would I've become, you know, that I mastered, I would say. You know, there's a multiple people. There's, you know, there's um, the, the late great Chucky Thompson, and mm. you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, mm-hmm. Babyface. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's. I was really into the music part of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and looking at those people saying, "Yo, like, man, if I could just be in the same conversation of a." You know, a Jimmy and Terry, mm-hmm. uh, same conversation of a, you know, L.A. and Babyface, the same conversation of a Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley is actually, the, he is the guy. He's right. the guy who, when I was a kid, I, and, and I didn't really, I knew that producing was important. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm a credit reader. I was a person that like literally studied the, the, the CD booklet, the study the, the cassette booklet, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? From front to back, mm-hmm. write the addresses down to the labels and all kinds of, you know, mm-hmm. I was that guy, mm-hmm. which is why I know so much about, you know, what I know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, but Teddy was, uh, it, it was like an atomic bomb mm-hmm. when Teddy Riley, like, dropped out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, for being from Houston, it felt like Teddy Riley dropped out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. Where people who probably grew up in New York, yeah, you know, who experienced that New energy swing, yeah. becoming something, mm-hmm. um, you know, have a different story. For us, you know, growing up in these different regions, it's another thing. Like now, with the advent of social media, the music is not regional. You know, it's one, we're one world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it's like, I had to watch TV all day. Yeah. To get to, you know, if I wanted to hear that Method Man record, if mm-hmm. I wanted to, they weren't playing that shit in Houston. They weren't playing Wu Tang Clan on the radio right. in Houston. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so so you 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 get to learn about these different things and develop a taste. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And th- things you like, and you're like, oh damn, I wouldn't have thought I would have liked that. Mm-hmm. Like Tears for Fears, I wouldn't have thought that I would have liked Tears for Fears if I right. never, you know, if I didn't have to sit through it to get to the 
you know, mm-hmm. to the guy video. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but so for me, Teddy was somebody who just, it came out of nowhere. It felt like it was a bomb. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Groove Me came out and it felt like there was nothing. I was like, maybe Groove Me came out. I, I, I might've been 10, mm-hmm. 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And I just remember nothing sounded like that. Right. I just remember being like, the this, this shit was, the shit was, Hip hop, the shit was church, the mm-hmm. shit was like the gap band, it was mm-hmm. funky, it was, you know what I mean? It's Teddy playing the guitar, the niggas got the jewelry on, yeah. like and understanding what Harlem yeah. is now, right. you know what I'm saying? At that time, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. Right, yeah. I just was like, yo, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was lifestyle, not just a producer. Yeah. yeah. Like, His production what? came with a look. <laughs> Everything, it was crazy. It was like, what is this? Now that I know it is. It's, Harlem. Yeah. I, I know that now. Mm-hmm. It's uptown. Yeah. But at the time, it's like, what, like waiting for the video. Mm-hmm. Anything that Teddy, anything that had Teddy Riley on it, anything. And then you got to stand, like I said, by remixes, like I became obsessed with remixes because of Teddy Riley. Yeah. Because it was like, you was like, you, you'd hear a song. And back in those days, you knew Teddy was going to do a remix. Like he was like the, you know, he was yeah, the guy. The guy yeah. He knew that there was going to be a new Jack Swing remix coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'd be, I, I was obsessed with it. Like I was just, I was completely enamored with what Teddy Riley was doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's the reason why I am a producer. Dope. Um, if Virginia is allowed to claim Teddy, let's do a city versus producers. Virginia as a state mm-hmm. versus Georgia as a state. I mean, because he, because he, brought, he, brought, he brought the economy there. There will, yeah. there will not be a Virginia. And I think why I bring up Virginia and not like a New York or, or LA is Virginia to me is probably the best oh, the, state when the, it comes the, to the, the richness of talent. Yeah. It's crazy. Georgia versus Virginia producers in a versus. In a versus? Mm-hmm. Who takes it? Yeah. Georgia. Georgia. I don't know, man. I think, I, think I, think, I think Virginia. I'm talking about dog. I mean, Timberland had to be. It might get down Austin, to the 20th song. Dallas, Austin. These people, no disrespect to anybody. They're all legends, and I love all of them. Yeah. You know, like Pharrell's one of my favorite people, and where Timberland's one of my, he changed the game. Missy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mitch, but I'm saying, we, are, we have to, a, a lot of those guys wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Dallas, Austin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Teddy Riley, Dallas, Jermaine Dupri, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of this shit wouldn't even happen if it for Dallas, really. Like yeah. Dallas don't get the credit he's supposed to get because Dallas is, he was Dallas a rock star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit, <laughs> Rico, Rico Wade. You yeah, to- oh, we, we doesn't talk about organized noise. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, But also the reason why I say Georgia is that because it keeps going today. Yeah. 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 Very, very much so. Like, your Metro. Metro's outside. Mike Willis. Mike Willis outside. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. 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 Like. Yeah. It's, 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 it's. To me, it's no, it's no, and and now Missy Elliott lives where? Atlanta. In Marietta. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. It's not Atlanta. Oh, it's not Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lil John. I mean. Lil John. Lil yeah, John. It's deep. Like, it's deep, man. It's deep. Very deep. Yeah, I saw Lil John uh, DJ in DJ Vegas. DJ Toon. DJ Toon. Like, I mean, it's deep, crazy. dog. Atlanta's deep. No, no. I'm, I, I, Georgia's deep. It's Georgia. Yeah. It, it pains me being from up here to have to give you guys the flowers that you deserve. Atlanta might be the greatest music city in history. Detroit, you could definitely put oh, there. Because, because yeah. Detroit put but it on the I, map. I don't think anything really compares to what in Georgia music, and, yeah. in, in, in modern music, yes. But not even because it's been so long, not just yeah. modern before that, just Atlanta has been 
it sh- it shapes you, though, everything. Though. Atlanta's losing the ball a little bit. Yeah, and and you understand, man. To, to uh, who though? I don't want to dive into that. Yeah, I don't think Atlanta's losing the ball. It's just such a wide market now that these new artists that come out, you're like, they're from where? Like, yeah. because of the internet, you can be from the most random town on earth and pop. Whereas wow. before, so much was focused on major markets. You had that's to go where to the, the market. market. You had yeah. to go to New York. You had to go to LA. You had to go to Atlanta. So yeah, I, I don't Memphis think it's got something in the water right now, man. But they are. I mean, Yo Gotti is one of the best executives. Water right now. Yeah. Like I'm not even gonna hold you. Like, man, it's quiet. But why do you say that? Why do you feel like? That? I mean, Twenty One Savage just did an album with Drake. So I, don't know. Right? I mean, yeah, but <laughs> we know our mainstays. But again, yeah. Atlanta's, Atlanta's like, like known for having a hot one every summer. Mm-hmm. We ain't had one in a while. Interesting. Yeah, I guess. Really? Yeah, and I hate to say this on camera because, like, yeah, I'm repping Atlanta, but I have been thinking about. It. I'm like, yo, like, no, but it's but but it's, it's, it's good that you say that because one, I mean, like, we go back to people that have to, that can say that would have to be somebody like you that's yeah. really like from making Atlanta, the music yeah. and really from the city. So if you feel like that, I want to know why. And if you're saying like because you haven't had one of those summers in a, in a while as you talking about as far as new artists like new what's artists the new yeah, wave? yeah like come on we what's got the new like, wave we got the new wave yeah what's like, the new wave i mean like i fought with baby drill mm-hmm. like i like i like i like some of the new guys like that's coming but like i don't know if it's gonna go all mm-hmm. the way that's you know I what i'm saying like baby drill is what made me officially feel old yeah really I, it's one of the biggest records, and I just I don't get it. I just don't get it. Mm. <laughs> but but I just don't get it. But again, again, even things I didn't like, I understood why they would pop. This I just don't. Let me, I don't know. Let and me that tell you why. Says actually, more about me, not him. <laughs> like, actually, actually, popping. Maul. Yes. I just thought about it, and I know why. Because we haven't, as much as we have new artists, we haven't had like new super producers yet like like atl jacob like has like has like a very strong way right now yeah, but i like, love atl jacob. yeah but I, but i think that like the presence and the celebrity around him hasn't really caught up to like you know what he's actually done mm-hmm. um which as versus like when atlanta when we kept one every summer it usually came from either a really hot label or a really hot producer mm-hmm. and i don't think that like we f- we've figure out a way to kind of get back into that groove. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like when Southside was moving, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He gave us what he was giving us. Metro was giving us, You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, you know, Mike, like it, we always kept one yeah. in the chamber, but True. we don't, we don't really have a, a young, you know, as versus in Memphis, they got a few of them. Like, mm-hmm. Tay Keith is still like bringing them out. Yeah. Um, was uh the guy who did the Glorilla song, Hit Kid guy. Hit mm-hmm. Kid, yeah. Yeah, he hard. Hit Kid been yeah. going for, you know what I'm saying? Let like, Memphis caught they got something right now. Yeah, they got a they got a way. Which they yeah. they definitely have a, a opportunity to to the next few years yeah. can be theirs for sure. Yeah. And stay we can stay in the, the versus category. I don't want to do your catalog versus someone else. I want your catalog to battle itself. Circle Marquise Houston versus Pressure Ari Lennox. Wow. Um I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go pressure. Why? Um, because it was unexpected. It was a record that it, it, I feel like Circle. Would, I, I, I was in a stride that then I had a proper sound, and anybody who had caught any whiff of that sound at that time mm-hmm. had a hit. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? I think pressure kind of came out of nowhere. It was like, you know, Ari Lennox with the single and it goes gold and it was like her first certification. You know, her, yeah, her, like, you know, her first one. top 10 record. Like, yeah. it, I just think that there was a lot of firsts with that. You know what I mean? I like pressure from an optic standpoint because it was like a slow build. When was yeah. the last time you had a slow build on a we, we number one grow. record? Yeah. We watched it grow. Because now shit just hits like one day it's at 100,000 views then it's at 1 yeah. billion the next day. It's like, yeah. all right, Let's Get Married versus Don't Forget About Us. Mm. Oh, mm. yeah, damn. That's tough. It got to be Let's Get Married, though. Mm. That's some. That's a wedding anthem. I know, Are you but don't me? forget about us. You know how many niggas get huge. married every day? Yeah, they do. <laughs> like, they coming out the door. Let's Get Married. And let's Get Married because you're right. Culturally. Yeah, that's it's just... Gonna, it's going it's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna... to... Oh, I'm, 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 I'm like a Mariah stan, so I'm staying with Mariah. I'm with you too. Yeah, Don't forget about us. It easy. doesn't matter when it is, where it is, Just what song it is. I'm a big Mariah. <laughs> Confessions part two versus Burn. Mm. And I have a follow up. Confessions me, one versus Confessions two. Okay, so for me, it's Burn out of the first. Yes. I, I'm with you too. First one. Burn is one of my uh, favorite artists. This video is so hard. Record. You know what I mean? Oh, Confessions two is hard. Uh, because she was hard. <laughs> Confessions Burn might be too. one of the greatest R&B songs Burn ever. Burn is good. just a special, like a like writing, like written. You know what I'm saying? It's just, a, it's just to me, it's, it's a special. It's just, it's, just, it's more special to me. Mm-hmm. Is it, was that a metaphor and a, a chick had maybe burnt you that week? Or <laughs> yo, you wow, wow sick. bro. Asking a man if he got burnt. Yo, sick <laughs> work, bro. Got sick it, work. Wow, bro. What? Wow. We're in the middle of a versus, man. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> is it Confessions you one versus questions. Confessions two? I gotta go with Confessions two, even though we wouldn't get Confessions 2 without the story of Confessions 1. Yeah. Confessions 1 is funny because how it even happened was I had to go to the dentist and Jermaine had was having writer's block. Mm-hmm. So while I'm at the dentist getting my teeth pulled, he's driving around LA trying to, you know, see some shit. And mm-hmm. he said he saw this Beverly Center sign and was like, I'm gonna write a song about that. Mm-hmm. And then we get back to you know, so, so I'm, I, I'm thinking I'm making my teeth pulled and go right back to the studio. I didn't realize I was gonna be out for like mm-hmm. three hours, four hours. So I'm taking Vike, I'm popping Viking in, go to the studio with him, and he's oh, taking hey, man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right, off yeah, the Viking, yeah, sick. <laughs> Writing anything off Viking is. <laughs> and we go to the studio and we start this process, and literally, like. The whole story came, came, just came, but just us talking, mm. and, and then I, I, I ended up singing a demo with like gals in my mouth, how Viking in. Wow! Do you still have that? No. Do you still have the, the demo? Oh yeah, Jermaine's demos. We have the demos. Every demo I was saying for Usher, I, I still have. Was there any type of marketing in you and JD's brains when writing Confessions? Obviously, with Usher and. No, everything that was going on. No, we, we chilly, didn't. Like we didn't. Really, was it a we, happy accident? Yeah, it was an accident. But let me tell you what Confessions Two was really about. It was R. Kelly had ignition. Yeah. So ignition one had came. You know, it, 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 there was a teaser of ignition one at mm-hmm. the it, right. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ignition came out mm-hmm. the first version, right? And at the end of ignition one, mm-hmm. he teases ignition two. Yeah. yeah. So this back in the day, we, we would still get 12 inch singles with record pool. Mm-hmm. So we got the record pool and we like, of course, you know, I mean, I know, I know it's not, you know, 
I mean, R. Kelly, we know that he was that nigga. So that's not, yeah. you know, I, I get it, yeah. you know. And we don't want to, you know, he's a piece I, of shit. He's a dirtbag, but yeah, in this conversation, I've tried to go to this whole conversation yeah. about R&B without yeah. mentioning him. Yeah. But this particular, you know, situation, we, we have to acknowledge he was he he was moving the needle, right? Mm-hmm. And ignition, he was the needle, was popping. Exactly, he was the needle. And at the end, when you had the previews of the remix, like we were waiting for mm. that. <laughs> like everybody was waiting for what. Part two was going to sound like. Yeah. And then he puts out part two and it was blowing up. Mm-hmm. So I know that for us, we felt like the story wasn't finished. And we were like, well, how are we going to finish the story? It was like, well, I mean, shit, R. Kelly just put out part two. Let's let's write part two. Mm-hmm. You know what so, I mean? I never even really put that comparison. So, And it's kind of the same thing where Ignition Remix is the one that people kind of forgot about yeah. Ignition. Yep. And Confessions, even though I like part one better most people don't I think go to that low confessions too it's, it's, it's a better song yeah it's uh, to me it's just a better song it's a better song lyrically i think story-wise it's too the course is insane. all that yeah. yep yes yeah, weird i never even put those two and two together yeah, and so we like part two and then i'm like what's part two gonna be about and he starts telling me the story like yeah the baby is out there and i didn't realize that why he was so uh <laughs> excited about the story was because he he, it was his story. You yeah. know what I mean? So he's telling me the story. I'm like, this is coming out of your head just right out of, out of, out of top of your dome. But no, but it's really was something that happened. Yeah. yeah. So he, and then he told me the story. How, then he told me the actual story of like how he found out about, you know, his daughter. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, his, his daughter's mother had put the, the birth certificate and the pictures in the, in the in the mailbox. And his mom went to go check the mailbox. And he's in the pool, kind of chilling. He's out drinking the Corona in the pool. I must have dozed off. And then the pool, you know, had the, you, you're like on a float. And the float hits the edge of the pool. He mm-hmm. looks up and his mom is standing up like, yo, what is this? And it's like an envelope with pictures. and. That's sick. Imagine laying in your pool. Imagine being on the pink flamingo. And yeah, you're yeah, all exactly. you look up. <laughs> it's so, a birth certificate. <laughs> so, and so he's telling me, this, he tells me the whole story. And I'm just like, damn. You know, and he's like, I got the story. So, yeah. and I that song came so fast. Like, that after, song came course, fast. After that type of that song, waking so you up fast. with a birth certificate from a girl saying she just had your kids. Yeah, yeah. Wow, work. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. That song came so quick. So, you know, it, you know, I, I, I like Confessions too because the energy. Yeah. It's just so much energy behind it. And we see it, we see it live, it's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta catch a shit in Vegas. Oh, sure. I have to. You have to. It's really good. Definitely gonna do that. Who has the bigger fumble? Liddell or JD? That's a Lindell. A, that's a great. <laughs> okay, was that Liddell? Lind- Lindell. Lindell or Jermaine? Great, the big, or that Jermaine? is a great the fucking question. Oh, JD, fumble, my God. But who, the which biggest fumble, fumble was bigger? Oh, man. This is, this is, uh, this is hard. Is it, though? It's no, not really. It's all. not. JD's still JD. The Lindo yeah. definitely has. But Lindo's still Lindo. Don't do that. <laughs> no, Lindo's not Lindo. Lindo's got the burgers going crazy. Lindo's not Lindo. got the burgers going crazy. I'm just laughing because I'm laughing because we always, there's always a joke. You know, there's always a joke about, you know, Jermaine and Janet. And yeah. Everybody, you know, we all, it, it, we always joke about it. But yeah, Lindo definitely had the biggest, biggest fumble. fumble. I mean, look, I mean, yeah, yeah, see, he like, fumbled. There's no he question. I'm talking about, I mean, he, I mean he that's terrible. In the Super Bowl for games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the biggest fumble ever. It's Lindo. We love you. And his history, like, it'd be one of you fumbled it and nobody could google it yeah like you could google the fumble they bring the really up every watch year. the history is terrible yeah. and, at, and at least jd uh, it was good to see him in the janet doc like they still no they yeah. they they, they tight. You know what i mean so they yeah it's tight. like it was he he yeah, fucked up he fumbled but we still friends though and really it you know you let them tell it it was really 
just time, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you really look at the story, it's yeah. really time. Like you yeah. know, she's off doing what she's doing. He's yeah. off being Jermaine Dupri because yeah. he was he, he was Jermaine Dupri. Absolutely. You know what I mean? He still is. You, you got to find that time to try to. You know, mm. it's hard, man. It's hard yeah. to do that shit when you like. Yeah. When y'all both are like super successful, yeah, it's yeah. Some hard shit to do. We all have that one homeboy that lies to his friends that like, yo, she's feeling me. Like I think this girl likes me. When Jermaine came to y'all and was like, yo, I think Janet I Jackson there. is feeling me. I was actually. Did y'all laugh at him? I was actually there. I was at. I was. I was there when it happened. To be like, nah, she probably just wants to work with no. you. No, 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 no. You, you don't. You know what I'm saying we would. Me and Jermaine did a remix for uh, someone to call my lover, mm-hmm. right? Um, and like I said, remix business was a thing. I mean, we, you know, they flew us to L.A. We were seen at the, you know, the, the Peninsula. We was at mm-hmm. Larrabee. We had Larrabee booked out for three days. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I remember the first day. I got to the studio. I got to the studio early too, like eleven thirty. And me and an engineer guy named Brian Fry, just waiting, waiting. Jermaine pull up. Mm-hmm. Hour go by. Two hours go by. Three hours go by. <laughs> no Jermaine. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. know nobody get him on the phone. Whatever, whatever. So I'm like, well, let's start something. You know yeah. what I mean? Just start. I start dealing around with some chords or whatever. We'd listen to, we listened to the master and we kept, we kept a few things that, that was on the master and then Jermaine comes and we, like, we start working and I go to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. You know, walk past his lounge, go to the bathroom, the lounge, the, the door's open and Janet's just, just in there chilling. Like, you know, she, she didn't really come chilling? to work. I, I, I didn't expect to see her because we were doing a remix. Yeah. So I thought we just do remix, take a bubble, remix, send the, send the tape on in, whatever. But the fact that she was there, I was like, Mm-hmm. Why is she here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She went in the studio. She went in like, oh, overseeing the remix. Right. She was in there chilling. I'm like, that's cold. I got Jen in the lounge up. just kicking his chill. Up to? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he up to something. You know what I'm saying? And literally after that day, it was like they were together. It was yeah. like Wait, he was with her in the lounge? No, he was in and out. So he like like me and him was in the room and he would dip. And then he come back in the room, and I went to the bathroom, and I realized why he was dipping. Uh, he was <laughs> he was sugar. dipping to go, you know, to the lounge with her. You I know don't what care saying? who you are. Imagine dipping to go to the bathroom, and Janet Jackson is just sitting. Oh yeah, it was crazy, <laughs> crazy. Wow. But I'm like, just you know, it was just one of them things, kind of like, and I, and, I, and I think that it, it had been building up. They you know, probably had talked before, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And which is probably how we got the remix in mm-hmm. the first place. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then and then next thing I know, it was like just together. You know, we he, 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 tough catching up with him because he's Jed said that like, schedule was super tight after that. It was like you couldn't even. We had to figure out when we was gonna work. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were together for a long time. Yeah, you know what I mean. They, they would, you know. That's why I still love there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I don't think that I don't think they'll ever not like be cool. Mm. All right, man. Well, we want to just let y'all know uh, we're looking forward to. More legendary shit from y'all, man. Like, yeah, man. super proud of y'all. Proud that we, you know, have this relationship with y'all. Proud to call y'all friends. Can't wait to get some new music. Yes. Um, and can't wait to find a, the the next, I guess, superstar that y'all gonna just, you know, absolutely put the LVR in sauce on. And, That's the goal. You know, more hit records. Yeah. Um, continued success to both of y'all. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm just happy for y'all, man. Like, honestly, like, thank you. You having so many years in the game, doing what you're doing. Yeah. Justice, LVR, and doing what y'all are doing, the things that y'all building over there, it's phenomenal. Um, thank y'all for kicking it with us. And um, yeah, we, we'll talk after this. New Black yeah. Album. New Black New Album. New Black Album. Yeah, coming soon. Uh, this has been a new episode of New Rory Mall Podcast with our guys, Brian Michael Cox and Justice. Can I say your last name? 
Just, just, justice wears cool pants. You know what I'm saying? Just, justice wears cool pants. <laughs> Mr. Cool Pants. Yeah. Mr. Cool Pants. Uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Be safe. I'm that nigga. He's just ginger. Peace. No!